Hello, listening people. Hello. You are listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I'm Ryan Sluinski. And I'm Bartek Sluinski. That's not your last name. It's not. It's Kaspershak. Oh my lord, you actually said your own last name for a change. Well, Big shots. Yeah, you know, why not? Well, yes. You'd you're... bitch at me if, you did, if I didn't. Yes, that's right. And yes, we are Spin Polish. Why are we Spin Polish, Bartek? Well, you came up with the name and I really liked it, so I said <laughs> we should go with it. Because you see, fellows, we are always spitting and we both have Polish blood. blood. Well, no, we're both Polish. Yeah, we both happen we, to be... We're not bleeding. We're not bleeding all over right now. But yes, we both happen to be Polish. And what is it that we do on Unappreciated Masterpieces? Well, I'll tell you. What we do is we do audio commentaries for movies that seemingly don't deserve a commentary... But deep down, they do. We we talk about the movies that have been forgotten, left behind. The ones that have not got the appreciation that they deserve. The ones that are true masterclass affairs. Ones that are beautiful pieces of work. But for some unknown reason, or for many unknown reasons, these films have just not gotten the love that they deserve. They've just not got the light shined upon them. And that's what we do. We talk about these movies and hopefully dig deep down into them and find the beauty of the films. Bartek, That's what, me. What? Yes. What is the beautiful film that we are going to do today? Oh boy, is the one that we are doing today beautiful, Ryan? It is. The movie we are doing today, fellows, is Ksiądz Piersi Piaski Chasu. Our, uh, sounds beautiful. Um... Not only does the is the movie beautiful, but it sounds beautiful in Polish. But unfortunately, Bartek, as beautiful as the Polish language is, Thank I you. do not speak Polish, and oh. I do not know what you said. Oh, so do you know I don't know what movie we're watching. You got to drink like three glasses of Polish blood to understand that. <sighs> yeah, a day. Yeah, a day. If you miss it in a day, then you know you just you're gonna be like you are now. And you have to go by Polish. To- like Polish time, like not Australian time. <laughs> we have to go by like Polish days. Oh yeah, I think they have only one time zone, so that yeah. Works. So so there you go. They're like eight hours behind. What's us. the movie? The movie Sean's Piaski Chasu is the Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. Yes. Oh, is it the Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, or is it Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time? You've caught me there. There's only <laughs> one the, and it's in the Sands part. <gasps> the Sands of Time. Mm-hmm. Oh my lord, when did this movie come out? This movie came out in that year that had two zeros. Holy crap, not 2020. It's a future yes. movie. <laughs> no, it's 2010, you silly duck. Oh my god, that was six years ago. It was six Jeez. years ago. I saw this one in the cinema. Holy crap, but before we start with your experiences, yes. we don't always do these magnificent beasts alone, do we? Oh, we rarely do. We rarely do, but we always need help. And usually we have a guest to help us. And this guest, oh, very special, very special guest. It's a, it's a friend of Bartek's. Yeah. yeah. Very, very, very rare, very rare form of guest. Bartek, who is your friend and guest? Ladies and fellows, today's <laughs> guest is, is one of my dearest friends, Stefan Bradley. Hello, fellows. Hello. I'm very happy to be here. And hello to our listeners from around the world and stratospheres and solar systems. Wow. And dark corners of the web. 
Yep, and hello, uh, uh, fellow fellows. Yep. Yes. We, I don't know our, why we've made this the theme of... You know what? When we title this episode, it should be like unappreciated unappreciated fellows, <laughs> fellows of Persia, the sands of fellows, you know, and just like a picture of just like Jake Gyllenhaal as the Prince of Persia, but like a really calm, relaxed photo of him. Not like one where he's like fighting or something. Like one where he's like joking around like... Ah. Or like an Everest when he's like lying down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, like from the Prince of Persia movie, right. I'll find a picture of him like being jovial, like how he is at the start, where, you know, like he's like, hey, I'm fun. So, Stefan is a very special guest because he's probably our first guest that is a podcaster. That's right, yeah. <laughs> I do radio sometimes. <laughs> oh, um, so. I do this show um, that you can actually look up on iTunes now called uh, Mosh Pit Backstage because uh, you know I live. Um... Do people know? We, do, do people on this podcast know where you guys live? We're in Australia. Yeah, oh, yeah we've, Australia. we've established we've, Melbourne, I think. We've, yeah, but no, <laughs> screw you guys. We live in Antarctica. Surprise. <laughs> Well, I've mentioned you going to New South Wales at some point, so we're definitely not there. Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, from Melbourne, uh, Sin, a show called Mosh Pit on Sin, which is a radio show about punk and metal music, and uh, I podcast the interviews. Nice. So all hundred of them are on our YouTube channel, so you just look up Mosh Pit on Sin, S-Y-N, you should be able to find all hundred. And I'm slowly putting all a hundred of those, because they're, they're audios, so it makes more sense to have them on a podcast, mm. onto the uh, onto, onto your iTunes and also on... Omni, which is an Australian startup, kind oh, of like nice. Podbean, which you guys, I think, are using for this. Yes, yep. yes, indeed yes. we are. We so, are special. Yeah, there's lots of interviews, if you like, bands like Anthrax or Misfits oh. and Dragon Force and uh, stuff like that. Uh, I know Bartek's not really much of a punk and metal listener. What about you, Ryan? Oh, I love metal. I love punk. I mean, metal, not so much, but I'm a punk guy. I'm old school punk. I like my Iggy Pop, my Stooges, you know, I like uh, the Ramones, Dead Kennedys, all that kind of good stuff. I like I'm, ABBA. <laughs> the punkiest man of them all of course ever but talking about punk this movie Prince of Persia The Sands of Time is probably the most punky movie we've done on this show because it is a Disney movie the <laughs> punkiest of all distributors of film and it is of a video game our first video game movie I would is that right it's our first movie that's sh- based on a video yeah. game unless Thunderpants had a game this is our first one <laughs> oh, I don't know Kangaroo Jack the game we did contemplate the existence of that in that podcast there has been a lot of Scooby Doo games so. oh there, that is true yeah. that is true Scooby Doo 2 ended literally at the end of the credits <laughs> with a Game Boy Advance cheat code so yeah, yeah. which really? was Doom. Wow. Yeah. In, dude it's SB2 yeah, SB2, SB2. So, that. so we are doing the 2010 Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Ben Kingsley, Ben Kingsley yeah. classic, uh, the the uh, prince, not the prince, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Mm-hmm. So, just before we get into it, I want to just get a brief backstory of our relationship with the movie. Bartek, you said you've seen this movie, mm-hmm. but that's not all. Oh, I've played the Vidja game. Not the Vidja game. Did you play it with some fellows? <laughs> I don't know. I played it alone. But, but is it a game that you can play multiplayer or is it just like a single player? Oh, it's, it's definitely single player. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Um, but even further than before I've played the game, when I first got a PS2, it came with a demo disc and that game was there and it's probably one of the first things I played on the PS2, the demo Ooh. of Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Well, the first thing I played on PS2 was Ratchet and Clank, the demo. Oh, that, that demo <laughs> disc came with Ratchet and Clank 2. Oh, well, I just got Ratchet and Clank, the demo, where you remember the PS2 discs very, very early on, or at least the demo ones, 
when you like flipped it over to like you know the the, the shiny side, mm. it was blue. Yeah, blue. Remember that? That was very like only mm. very early on did the PS twos have them. But then they just went with like the normal like reflective normal. I didn't notice that. All, all I remember was the really 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 long loading times. It's like okay, Crash Bandicoot four. Quick level, waiting yeah. there for five yeah, minutes. Yeah, Wrath of Cortex mm. was notorious. Yeah. Uh, but my relationship with this movie, never seen it before until having to do it for this show. But it was a movie that I knew a lot about when it came out, but it just didn't interest me at the time. I was like, oh, I haven't seen the game. I'm not really interested in this kind of action fest movie back then. But as I've grown older and the less people have talked about it, it's still played on my mind because this movie... What I remembered about it was a lot of the controversy of the movie itself of, you know, uh, you know, about racial issues and about how true it is to the game and how, you know, it's a video one. Another example of a video game movie that wasn't very good. Or was it? Yeah. And I come from this with no background of the video game. I have not played it. I just know of it. So there's many times in my notes where I just wrote down, Oh, straight from the game. <laughs> what about you, Stefan? Have you played the game or seen this movie before? What's your history with this bad boy? I have no history with the game. I just know that it's uh, ranked as one of the greatest games of all time, apparently. So, you know, the movie is obviously, you know, matches that reputation being the best movie ever. Yeah. Um, Prince of Persia, best movie ever, should be its uh, subtitle. Yeah. Prince um, of Persia, the Prince of Persia, best movie ever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and... Um, I watched the movie just just this morning, actually. Oh yeah, emotional. Yeah. yeah, like seven or eight hours ago. Yeah, emotional for you. Yeah, it was very it was very emotional because like I was very very tired. Well, <laughs> you're going to wake up now, guys. Prepare to wake yourselves up deep inside because we are going to start this masterclass masterclass affair. So get your copy of Prince of Persia ready, guys, because I know every single one of you listeners out there has your copy of Prince of Persia, you know, your legally bought copy of Prince of Persia just ready, ready for this occasion. I know my fans and my listeners are sitting at home going... Finally, they're doing Prince of Persia. I can grab out my DVD or my the download three and copy. One. You know those three ones where it has the Blu-ray, <laughs> yeah, the DVD, yeah. and the digital copy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like all of them. I can, I'll watch all three at the same time. <laughs> like, through different screens. And if you don't have it for whatever reason, Ryan said he saw a copy for $8, so go get that one. Yeah, yeah. I saw a copy for 8 bucks. So, yeah, convert in your country. Yeah, exactly. So, get your copy ready, because we are going to start this in 3, 2, 1 play so we have um we have all seen this movie now um what was your imp- well Bartek I'll go with you first because you had seen it in the past and now you've seen it again so did it grow more for you and how much did you remember of, of seeing it like when you saw it the <clears throat> first time did you remember it very well or had it faded in time and then it was one of those ones you watched I, and it was like oh there it is it was sort of both, yeah. There were parts of it that I definitely remembered, like uh, Alfred Molina, that's his name. Yep, yep, Doc Ock. Yeah, Doc Ock. I remembered him very well because of the ostrich thing. Uh, <laughs> ostrich. <laughs> we'll get on to we'll that. We'll get on to that for sure. Um, <laughs> no, let's not talk about it. And there were bits of, like, the beginning, the end, the climax, and a lot of Ben Kingsley scenes. So it was another case, not as not as uh, extreme as Kangaroo Jack, where I remembered only three things. That Like, I watched it, and I remembered bits more and more and more, and it's like, yes, I remember this movie. I remember my impression of it was, that was an okay movie, didn't really resemble the game much, but as we know now when we grow up, 
that doesn't have to be a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, that is true. So, so you had a fun time rewatching it for this show. Oh yeah, definitely. You would say it's a, it's a good adventure romp. Yeah, de- definitely, definitely in the same vein as like Indiana Jones. Oh, oh yeah, Indy Jones. So obviously, when I watched this um, the night before of doing this, I was like, oh, it's nearly two hours long. Better be two hours of greatness, you know, because every now and then I do worry with ones that I haven't seen before that I've made the wrong choice, but boy, did I make the right choice, because this movie had every has everything in it, and I'm so happy. I wrote, like, five pages of notes about this movie, just like, yes, tick, 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 they did this, they did that. The Lion King thing. Lion King thing. (laughs) You know, everything works in this movie for me. I had a real fun time watching it last night. I wouldn't say that I laughed out loud too much, but I did chuckle quite a bit. I didn't expect it to be a funny movie. That was a little bonus. What about... You you watched it this morning, Stefan. Yes. And uh, now you're getting to watch it again, so within (laughs) the span of a couple hours. Is it as good as you remember it from this morning? Yeah, I mean, it, to me, when I when I first started watching it, I was like, hmm, this movie takes itself quite seriously. But just then, you know, like maybe like 10, 20 seconds ago, there was a bit of slapstick comedy with mm. people falling over. Oh, yeah. And if there's... there's I don't, I'm a very cynical guy, but I love watching people fall over. Yeah, wouldn't it be great if Stefan I asked him like, "So does it does it is it as good as you watched it this morning?" You're like, "This is a completely different <laughs> movie to what I watched." And we find out he just watched like a feature length version of all the cutscenes <laughs> on YouTube from all the games. Yeah, oftentimes they do put those on on YouTube and say like, you know, oh, the movie. Yeah, you yeah. can see like Silent Hill two the movie and like just have all the cutscenes and just yeah. a bit of the gameplay for context. Mm. But oh, that's definitely Assassin's Creed, that bit there. Oh, you oh, mean yeah. Prince of Persia? Come on, this, this, this is Prince of Persia. I don't care about this Assassin's Creed shit. So, uh, <laughs> the first trivia, the quiz question, because I did a quiz on this movie, got 10 out of 10. I did two actually. I got they were 10 gonna, out of 10 wait, can we just stop? They were going to cut off his head. Like, I get it in, the, in these countries. Uh, back then and now that they cut off your hand for when you steal something but he didn't steal anything that's like my my big issue hey at least make him steal something to get that hand cut off he threw an apple at something oh well that means he gets his hand cut off fair (laughs) enough go on Bartok you did a quiz 10 out of 10 he's a smart boy this one he sure is very smart so the question was um, because for context this is the scene where uh, the king decides to adopt uh, Dastan our main character the question was um where did Dastan show his true character to the king? And, oh. and the, op- the answer, of course, is market. The other options were forest, <laughs> mountain, and king's bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I had a suspicion wow. that there was going to be in, in his bed. I had a real suspicion. Oh, this CGI. Um, yeah, so this is, yeah, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. I think that that Prince of Persia, uh, subtitle, the, the main title there, looks really futuristic. It kind of got yeah, me out well, of Yeah, well, Persia is very much in the future. Yeah, um, yeah see, 15 years later. 15, 15 years, years in later, the future. 15 years in the future. Yes. We don't know which, when this is set. It's funny because it's very not the present, because it's called Iran now. Oh, But in the right. future... Persia, Let's okay. see what happens. Yeah, we don't know. Um, so, obviously, having no background us two with the game yes um you know me personally i never played them i just never got given them so that's why i never played them but even as someone who doesn't who hasn't played the games i do know that the sands of time is considered 
arguably, cons- not that arguably, considered the best of the Prince of Persia games. Is that fair enough to say? Yes, it's definitely the most appreciated. Yes, it's well, you've only played those ones, right? Is that correct? I've only played the, the Sands of Time itself, and my dad has played the very original Prince of Persia from 1989. Because mm. I would like to know why it's considered the best. Like, what's wrong with the others? Where have the others gone <laughs> wrong? You know what I mean? Where like, the, where this heard, where's the their movie? I've heard that of the because <laughs> Sands of Time's the first of a trilogy. I've heard that the later games have like story problems programming problems writing oh, problems no. and stuff like that they We're... became Assassin's Creed and yeah. that's where it all went yes. wrong <laughs> well it's yeah. like the Warriors yeah. Within and onwards I heard they got really dark in terms of the characterization and the violence and all uh, the that's sa- good I like I like. well very contrary to almost any shot we're looking right now the Sands of Time game really only has like three characters really yeah the prince um the, the princess the, yeah princess the Tamina equivalent and the villain the vizier which is, like, Easy. Ben Kingsley? Or is he, like, Jafar? I guess he'd be the equivalent of those kind of characters. And all the enemies you fight, because in this movie, uh, spoilers, there's a dagger of time that uses the sands oh. of time, which turns back time. But, like, as you know from this movie, it's very not easy to do because it's so limited. Yeah. Whereas in the game, it's a very constant thing. But they do keep in mind that limited thing. The thing is, though, that all the enemies are made of sand. So you knock them down, then you press the triangle button, and that's how you like extract sand. And like, uh, the more sand you extract, the more sand you can hold. That's pretty yeah. brutal, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, they also take the whole idea of the time. It's not just taking back time; it's also slowing down time. So yeah. You can move in kind of like adrenaline mode. Okay. So the, the 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 we've been introduced to like all the brothers. Yep. Um, a lot of them. This one, like, who does become king? Tuss. Uh, English actor called Richard Coyle or Dick Coyle. <laughs> Dick Coyle. <laughs> Dick Coyle, that's hilarious. I know him from a few British TV shows. He's a TV actor. And uh, of course, this is uh, Toby Kebble, who played Doctor Doom in the Fantastic Four that just came out last year. And uh, what a career. And now he's going to be in the new Ben-Hur, I do believe. Okay, I didn't know who they were, but I had people that I compared them to. Mm. I, I thought Tusk looked a little bit like Simon Pegg, maybe just more hairy and more... I thought he bit. looked like Martin Sheen, who's an actor oh, from yeah. the TV show Masters yeah. of Sex. And the other brother, I thought he looked like Rob, our friend Rob. Rob, that was on for Guess Who? Yeah. Like, <laughs> typical Rob. Little did he tell us that he was in a big blockbuster movie when he was like 18. Yeah. yeah. I have no idea who the uh, woman is. Um, oh, because she, she's got yeah really strong uh, well, well basically the movie should have won an Academy Award for uh, Her best acting? makeup best makeup oh I thought you... <laughs> for some reason I didn't know where he was going where he said really strong and I'm like what character yeah like, strong makeup yeah. doesn't really make sense does it <laughs> it's really strong makeup like yeah. it's really hard the to movie, wash off movie, costume design I think you meant the, like the movie is strong in the makeup department yes. yeah yes. she looks alright uh, I don't look. I'll be one of those guys. I, I've done this on previous podcasts where the the woman of the movie is like everyone's like, oh, she's hot, or oh, she's attractive. Oh yeah, this, I think she's okay. This movie makes a big deal of how she's the most beautiful they've ever seen, uh, which sh- is kind of funny because because uh, there's no other female. Characters. She's she's the only female character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because no uh, me and Bato were talking about this, the only other females was like the one that were like holding them later on, and then there was that group of women who. Go, <laughs> You're not. For, you're all forgetting the best female character in the movie. The ostrich. The ostrich. <laughs> <laughs> An ostrich. That's a woman. Come on, guys. Pick up your shit. Well, Clearly the, the most attractive. Well, Did you the, see those come hither well, eyes? Well, the actor that played that ostrich was a male, but like they're like, yeah, it's a female. 
Well, look, at least um, I, I guess it. I guess this does match the game in that there is only one female character, just like well, the game. Well, running up a wall is a move in the Sands of Time. Does does true. it work like this? Where they've got a stick? No, but this is actually really clever because that isn't in the game. That lets him run up much higher because yeah, it gives him more support, and it gives realism to it. I think that's the thing about the failure of video game adaptations to films is. There's two, it's a double-edged sword where people want realism to mm-hmm. it. Like, you know, like in video games, you don't question the lack of realism sometimes because like, you know, it's a game, it's a different experience. In movies, you want more realism and that can be a fault to the film because people who like the game would be like, oh, it didn't happen in the game and it's, it's taking away the fun of the game. But then you have movies that have the same logic and realism of the video game, but that doesn't apply to film and reality, you know, where you'll go, like, oh, this does, no, that's bullshit, that makes no sense. So they kind of fall no matter which way they go if it's taken seriously, like this movie is. Like, this movie's funny, but I think it's a, it's a serious approach to uh, what could be considered a silly game. Like, you, you said, like, the enemies are made of sand and all that. Yeah. They're not in this, though. So, in that time you were talking, there were, like, three references to Sands of Time. Where they just zoomed in to that, random That doors. camera zooming thing right there, that was straight up Sands of Time. Every time you enter, like, a new area, the prince, like, zooms... The camera zooms around, the prince uh, makes, like, uh... He comments on what he sees and gives you, like, hints of what you do. So, and the, the, you can tell the camera zooming in felt kind of artificial because that yeah. was how it was in the video yeah. game. It's yeah. like, um, you know how they made the Lara Croft movies with Angelina Jolie? I haven't seen those, actually. Oh, I probably not. have, maybe once There's a, a bit at the end where she finds, like, uh, she finds something, I don't know, she finds, like, a, a car or something, or blah, 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 and she just goes... Uh-huh. Which is like that noise that she makes when she finds things in video <laughs> games, you know, where it's like she has a little like exclamation mark pop up above her head. It's just like, uh-huh. It's like, that's the kind of thing that I like with video game movies so, so, where they take those little things like this camera movement and yeah. those little things. There was there was also a minor one, sort of a reference to the pro- problem with the game. Uh, in that game, the Tamina equivalent, the princess, uh, she's an archer. She follows you mm. around with her bow and she like hits enemies with it. She has a habit of sometimes, if you're in the way, hitting you. Mm. So when that arrow almost hit his hand, apparently that was a reference to the fact that the archer in the game kept, you know, sometimes hitting you back. So if that Metal Gear Solid movie ever comes to fruition, are they going to have with the... With Kurt um, Russell? Um, yeah, with that exclamation point when, um, if Solid Snake gets, gets seen. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I want... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I want it to be there's a point, if they ever make a Solid Snake movie, where... You know how in movies the characters seem like they've been killed or whatever? Mm-hmm. They should have that bit where Snake, he looks like he's been killed and all you hear is just like, Snake! 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 <laughs> and you're just like, no! And it should be cursed. They get a lot more emotional in the later games. <laughs> Are you sure? Snake, what's wrong? No! We're all depending on you! Snake! <laughs> it's never as emotional as, Snake! 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 <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> but you know what? We're, when we were talking about the tone before, I was thinking that at the start, this movie takes itself, I thought, pretty seriously. It gets yeah. more comedic later on, especially the with the ostriches. The more you meet Jake Gyllenhaal? Yeah, especially with the ostriches. Uh, uh, Bartek, you've played the game. Does, do you think the movie matches like the tone? Yeah, or is, the... The mo- is the game funny? Um. Well, one praise of it is that the writing, be- the you know, dialogue, the banter between the prince and the princess is like pretty good it's not like over sexualized like oh super romantic like mm. witty kind of banter 
So it does have that kind of elements of it. And like I said, there aren't that many characters, so that's most of what you're going to get apart from the prince's narration. Same number of female characters, though. One in each. Yeah. <laughs> well, apparently, well, the ratio, male or female. Oh, oh, women, oh, women. Oh, and, oh. and uh, one of the enemy types looks like a belly dancer, so that's... Oh, yeah. but is is it is it a funny game? Like like you know what I mean like are there jokes in it? Is it or is it serious? You're not gonna get much more than the banter between the two. It's mostly serious, and like the whole plot device is that the prince is telling a story. So if you die, he's like, no, actually that didn't happen. Oh, okay. so that's kind of funny. So you think that the movie does kind of match the tone very well? I reckon the movie has more humor in it. Yeah. There was a review for this movie, I can't remember if I've included it, where Assassin's someone Creed. said, not funny enough. <laughs> I just went, all right. This is so Assassin's this Creed-esque. Is, this is, yeah, well, you know, the gathering, the viewing But, you points. know, which came first, Prince of Persia? Or... Prince of Persia definitely did. Uh, the, Take that, Assassin's Creed. The first Assassin's Creed came before this movie. Yeah, but, but, but yeah. you know, it's basically... Shut up, Bartek. I'm saying like this is better. And I was hoping that he would fall into hay, just like in Assassin's Creed. But, you know, oh, can't no. have everything. Yeah. Can't you? They gave you a they gave you a twist on it. They gave you a rope. That's true. So, yeah. <laughs> so would you say that this? Okay, so Stefan, I was told by Bartek, he's like, oh, my friend Stefan will come on if we do a movie that's like a video game movie or like a music movie. Like you know, like that was like the two stipulations for like him to come on. That's what he said. Like Bartek's like, he'll come on if if you do one of these ones. And I'm just, like, so you, just so you know, Bartek, I also like regular movies. <laughs> I know, I know that, but like when we Tough, p- you're not coming on for regular. It's always going to be video game or music movies. Yeah, but the thing is, when we have a, when we have an idea for a guest on, we like try to think of what's a specialization point. Like when we had Reese on, we're like we have to do an Eddie Murphy movie first. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's, kind of thing I was going so, for. So I was like, oh, let me stew on it for a while, Bartek, I can think. What ones? And there were so many obvious video game movies that you could do, like yes. you know, the Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter yeah. or Super Mario. But those are bad. I think we can't deny the fact those are not unappreciated masterpieces. But then I thought, I actually do it. I actually do enjoy the Mario movie. I do too, in an <laughs> ironic way. But this one has always been lurking in the corner of my brain. And I'm like, Prince of Persia, Jake Gyllenhaal, perfect film for a video game movie because people. You know, people forget about its existence. And here's the thing, it's a Disney movie. Why do they forget? And I think we've discussed this before on the show, but I really think Disney's great, but they really fall flat on live-action movies. Disney shines with animation, but when it comes to their live-action features, they just pump out so much kind of generic stuff that beautiful pieces of work like Prince of Persia gets lost like sand in the wind. (laughs) Lost in time. Just like sand. I thought this guy was one of his dudes for a second where he's like, move out of the way. I'm like, come on, Jake, just move out of the way. He's trying to stab a guy. And then I realized, that was a good shot. I realized he was the guy that he wanted to stab. I thought like, whoops. I also thought that this was one of his brothers for a second as well. I'm like, okay, we started pretty early on the betrayal, but alrighty then. <laughs> Yeah, I thought at first it was just going to be like a generic like enemy running through and then you won't see him again. But I'm like, oh no, it's the guy from the last scene. Oh, oh, yeah. I thought it was going to be like an Indiana Jones kind of fight where it's just like, you think it's going to be epic? (laughs) You think it's epic and he just shoots him with an arrow or something? Like, he just, like, grabs that little crossbow. It's like, 
By the way, I, I think I just realized why they stopped making Prince of Persia games because, oh. well, you know, Persia became Iran, remember? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Prince of Iran, that doesn't sound sexy at all. No, it does. It, I mean, and you'd ha- they would have to be um, the supreme leader, the supreme leader of Iran. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, oh, what Iran. about, like, the Iranian prince? That's got a bit That of is actually great. Can we yeah. do that game, the Iranian prince, and it's a modern, like, story game where it's, like, modern day and it's about, like, you know. About the modern day politics. It, it does sound good, we keep getting confused with Iraq. All, all the Persian people slash Iranian people I've met, which is like two. Yeah, two. <laughs> Near, when I when I when we, you know we just asked them also what race you know like they both said Persian because you know Persian obviously sounds sexier and uh, yeah. greater. No one really wants to say oh I'm Iranian. It's like yeah, Iranian. oh yeah I love Iraq, great country. There's <laughs> there's this uh, great com- Iranian comedian. Omid Dilijad, I think his name is, and he was in the Mummy movie, like the first one. You guys seen the Mummy? Yeah, the, fir- the first, and the first and the third, it. I think. You haven't seen yeah. the Mummy. You've already crucified me on the show for not seeing. The you movie. haven't seen <laughs> the Mummy. <laughs> Fucking Brendan Fraser at his height. Well, this guy is you know a big fat guy and bald, and he's English. He's an English Iranian, and he's just really funny, and he makes good comments. I reckon he should have been in this movie as Ben Kingsley. Okay, so let's talk about some of the actors. We haven't really kind of focused in on much of these guys because there's true. a lot. Well, that's actually my weakness. I, I always kind of joke to Bartek that I'm really shocking with actors' names. Well, the bold so guy far. is Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Sir Ben Kingsley. So, yeah, I, I know I recognised him from someone. Just like, Thunderbirds? Yes, from Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. And Thunderbirds, the live-action Thunderbirds. Best casting choice. We'll do that on the show one day. Jake Gyllenhaal, we all know him. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't. Me, more, me I mean, more so. I've pointed I, out movies that he's probably seen. Yeah, and it's like, I, like I said, I'm shocking with the names. So if I saw the, them other movies, I'd be like, oh, okay, that's them. You've it's seen like Everest names. and Donnie Darko, right? No, I haven't seen neither of those actually. Oh, actually well, well, he was in a great movie called Nightcrawler. Night, yeah, that, yeah, I recommended that one just to find just on yeah, the on the train. It's a it's a great film, but of course Jake Gyllenhaal, he, you know, he's one of those great actors where he just kind of disappears into his role and. I think he really does disappear into this prince. Yeah, and he doesn't really pick the really big AAA films, does he? He more than no, goes to the... Well, early on he did, like, during this time, but now he's he's really grown into that kind of, uh, I guess, like, Christian Bale type, where they're really choosy and they only choose, like, ones they consider to be worth transforming for. Like, Jake Gyllenhaal is ripped in this movie. I he definitely agree with the um, Christian Bale thing. Definitely. Yeah. He is. Imagine if Christian Bale was in this movie as well. If he was the brother, one of the he brothers. Would fit, yeah. And of course, Ben Kingsley. He's probably the most famous, Oscar-winning for his portrayal of Gandhi, and he just plays villains. Which was why I was not surprised at the twist, where it's like Ben Kingsley evil shock. I am. Sh- I'm appalled to find out that he was a villain. I am absolutely terrified by that knowledge. Why didn't the uncle just take the dagger from them? He's like. How about it's my reward and just like <laughs> takes it? <laughs> like, End of movie. <laughs> Finn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an art movie. I'm just gonna, can I have that? Can, can I have that? It's like, sure, Uncle. You've been a nice guy. You've raised us. You used to buy me apples when I was a kid. Yeah, buy. You know, give. Oh, yeah. Does he have to buy them? He's like the prince. He's a prince. So like, does he have to buy them? I think not. And then this guy's an English actor too. All of them are English actors except for, like, Jake Gyllenhaal, who is American or Canadian or something, and he puts on an accent for 70% of this movie, I would a, say. A British, a recognisable British accent. I was talking to Bartek about this uh, when we were on the way here, 
Now, apparently the same reason that they use uh, British accents is the same reason that... I don't know if you know about Assassin's Creed Unity, um, Ryan. That's, no, that's no. the one with that's the one that's set in Paris. Oh, okay. Yeah. That game does have, you know, speaking in French option, but the <sighs> English option, they actually have English accents, and people was like, what's this? Ubisoft is a French company. Why wouldn't they have English accents? Oh, sorry, um, French accents. For French characters. Yeah, and apparently it's because um, <laughs> they believe that English is the... The English accent is the most pure form of English, you know, obviously oh, it's yeah. English. Because mm-hmm. I guess when you think about it, it's true, like imagine if Game of Thrones had American accents instead of, oh. you know, like the Irish or the English accents. Yeah, that is true. Know. But at the same time, these are Persians. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> so that's true. And, but also at the same time, it's a reference to the video game where everyone had an English accent. Yeah. Why? <laughs> well, lazy. Again, Ubisoft. It's... Ubisoft is Ubisoft. There was a point in this movie where Jake Gyllenhaal talked, and I'm like, oh, is he doing an accent? Like, I didn't realise, because I guess he was so good that I didn't, like, he was lost. But there was a bit where he's like, hello there, brother, and I'm like, what is that? What is that? Okay, see this bit here, mm-hmm. where he's like, the third step is the hardest. I thought that was like a foreshadowing, like, that, you know how they do that in movies, where they set up a little thing at the start, and then at the end, he'll be able to do that flip. Mm. Whatever. Yeah. We never see that. He just yeah. does flips all the time. Yeah, like, th- if anything, this is uncharacteristically weird that That's he can't a, do the flip. It's not a symbolism thing. I, th- yeah. I think it was just a reference to the fact that he, he could run up walls in the game. Yeah, but we've mm. already seen him run up walls. But I thought, like, for me, as an avid movie watcher, I thought, oh, this is a nice little subtle thing that they're setting up. Like, at near the end of the movie when they go to the sands of time or whatever, he has to flip and he'll have to do, like, the third one. It'll, it'll do it. It'll be awesome. But no, I, I was completely wrong. Uh, uh, silly me. That's why I don't make Disney movies. They, they have to show you new parkour things, Ryan. You can't just see the same I wonder if this is again. done by the guy who did Iron Man 3, because that's Disney, and, and it has Ben Kingsley as a villain in it, and, you know, it's very, you know, imagine... Imagine if this was done by the same director. I don't think it was. That was Shane Black, wasn't this it? This guy was like Mike Newell or something. Nah, he's Shane Black in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> ben Kingsley at some point in this movie cracks open a beer. Is like, all right. Apparently, that the director of this movie knew Jake Gyllenhaal since he uh, since he was seven, and he always wanted him in a movie. And I think this was the one that he. Well, oh, he must have been really proud. Wouldn't you have been proud? Uh, I sure would have. Man of pride. Ryan, have you read the trivia about why this girl was cast as Tamina? Wasn't it that someone had an accident? No, I think... That was another character. There's yeah. one character that got cast because... I think it was Toby Keppel's character because they had a motorbike accident. But yeah. why, why did she I read cast? that. It's like motorbike accident on set? Yep. I guess he was riding his motorcycle <laughs> yeah, on the set of Persia. It's fun, man. No, it's just fun. I read that the reason why this girl was cast as Tamina was because the director really liked the look of the back of her neck or something. But, but... The nape of her neck. Why? What? I, I mean, maybe that's really essential to her character, is that she has a slender back of the that's neck. Not a, that's not a Persian thing, look is at it? The, <laughs> look at the back of Ben Kingsley's neck. It's just his head is flat. It just goes down. Look at it. <laughs> I mean, look at it. He's one of those guys that's just like... Round head, but then like at the back, it just just goes straight down to the to the spine. Uh, Bartek, do you appreciate the characterization of Dustin slash the Prince? Because he's unnamed in the games, I'm pretty sure he's just Prince. I think in the one that I've played, Sands of Time, I think he was just called the Prince. Yeah, but do you appreciate the characterization of um, the movie version? 
Yeah, since this one, you know, has more characters for him to interact to and it's not narrated, he doesn't have to be as exposition-y. So, and yeah, he's a very kind of like free-spirited kind of guy. Very kind of Disney-ish, I would say. He's a happy-go-lucky guy and then everything goes wrong for him and he's still happy-go-lucky. He's like a more mature kind of Aladdin, isn't he? When you said Disney-ish, I'm just thinking like dull and kind of... Bit do, of an you, airhead. Do, you, do you think Aladdin is dull and kind of an Well, it's more like uh, some some like I wrote yeah, some of the notes. male protagonists. Yeah, I wrote in my notes that this was Aladdin because he's a young street urchin that That's runs true. around the streets of like you know. Yes, but and he but he doesn't want to be a prince. He's a prince. He is a prince, and he doesn't have a cool monkey friend. I have a cool monkey friend. His name's Bartek. Mm-hmm. And I've got a cool Aladdin friend. His name is he's white. <laughs> his, name he's is, his name is his name is his white that's his name that's hello right, he's, he's white, white. i'm not talking white. about the audience though the audience are fellows so <laughs> speaking of whitewashing eh <laughs> speaking of the whitewashing hollywood what's happening uh you know this is a part of the whitewashing because obviously you know they're they're persians and the actors that they have all gotten are white people and they've just given them tans like, they haven't even, like, you know, darkened their skin up. They just look like they've all been having a good tan in the sun. For, like, you're getting a good the good sun on, you know? Just, like, how do you guys feel about that? Do you feel like it's it's a bit of a, you know... A bit do of I have, a, like, a filter to, like, to make them, to make them look a bit darker? Like, <laughs> I, yeah. think there is, I think there is a filter. In, like, post-production. Yeah, probably. So, you know, like... <laughs> How do you guys feel about the whole fact that that they chose white actors to play non-white roles? Well, you know, I mean, I'm sure there's heaps of those talents available. I mean, this is Disney. They have enough money to find, um, I guess you could say, unknown actors. But um, do you think that they could use um, well-known actors as a way to attract... Mm. um, yeah, right. they need well-known actors for for you know the the draw in. But at the same time, you say based on Prince of Persia, one of the great games, Disney, one of the great companies, and then you just like Joe Blow from down the road. Oh well, t- two out of three. That's shit. I'm just going to stay home. <laughs> but like, yeah, I guess you need the bill. You need the selling point of someone like Jake Gyllenhaal and someone like. Dick Coyle. <laughs> Dick Coyle. And Ben Kingsley. Well, Ben Kingsley, you know, he's he, you know, he's not just white, you know, he's he's, he's Indian. Yeah, he's got that going on, but you know, so he has that in his so you know, that's more acceptable, but at the same time it's like they've also like darkened his skin up way, way more than when he actually Kingsley's is. fine because uh, technically people don't realise that um Persia slash Iran is actually in Asia, Western yeah, Asia. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh, he's he's dancing now. Look at this guy. He's having a little dance. I thought he was getting his dance getting on. Getting hot in here. Just take it off, you idiot. Oh, look, and they're like, ah, oh, okay, so when they touch it, their hands burn, but see how to- Toby Kebbell did not react to touching it just then? He's like, ah, oh, how come his face is burning? You didn't touch his face on it. Like, I don't understand. And everyone's like, it's obviously Jake Gyllenhaal who did it. There's no suspicion of anyone else. Let's kill him here on the spot. That's an interesting idea, the burning robe. That's not in the game, is it, Bartek? That's, uh... No, this is, it's based on an ancient Greek fable called Medea. Oh. Uh, well, Medea's a, a character. Uh, Medea, Medea. Medea, Medea, Medea. 
Man, she was the wife of who was it? Jason. Jason from Jason and the Argonauts, and uh, Jason cheated on her and brought and he got himself a new young princess. And as a thing, she gave her a dress that was poisoned and she like burnt to death. Very similar to that. So that's what I think. That's a real reference to maybe in the game. But yeah. So this movie uses not only whitewashing but Greek washing. <laughs> <laughs> the last time, I mean, look, the Greeks are having it hard enough with their financial crisis that they're going on. Leave them be. Give them some money for their Medea. I mean, yet again, yeah. Look, Greece is doing fine now. My big fat Greek wedding too. The economy is back to where it was. It's an Australian movie. It's not whitewashing. Yeah, exactly. So, so I, I'm not sure. I was convinced with what we when um what was what was the girl's name? Tamina. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Why she's like. Oh, I'm just gonna help this guy. I don't understand why she didn't leave him for dead either. But exactly. he had the dagger, and yeah. so she needs the dagger and return it to the place. I like. There's a little plot point that that's the best horse in the land. Where it's like oh, that yeah. one's the best horse, and they kind of just like maybe it was an ego thing. They do nothing with it. Like yeah. you think they're gonna outrun it, but they they get stopped several times on this horse. Like they never outrun anything except for that one scene just now. So I kind of feel sorry for this horse. I think white, you know, going back to the whitewashing thing, I think it's very, uh, a little bit uncomfortable in this movie when a lot of these actors we do know and we do know them as white and they've just got like Jake Gyllenhaal where just like they've just tanned them up and you're like, come on. Like, and then he's doing his British, he's grown a little bit of a beard and he's got a British accent and that's it. And you're just like, oh, okay. Like, look, I, I, Ben Kingsley. I'll pass. I'll give that a pass. And Alfred Molina, I give him a pass because well, Hollywood gives him. Everyone gives him a pass because <laughs> he's one of those actors that can play any any race pretty much. Like he goes from, yeah. you know, he goes from like North African to Middle Eastern to European you can, to you can give him a pass American. Out, yeah, you can give him more of a pass like almost out of ignorance because you don't know what he is. <laughs> yeah, he's one of those. He's one of those people who have like certain ethnic backgrounds that just give him a complexion and a look that can just kind of blend into many other things. So like he'll be like English in one movie, and you're like, yeah, yeah, he looks English. And then like in he another can, movie, he'll be, he'll be an like octopus in another movie. He'll be an octopus. You're like, yeah, yeah, he's an octopus. <laughs> I thought those special effects just sounded were really cool. I actually, that whole sequence. I think every time they do that, it's really cool. Yeah. And I liked how they foreshadowed with like the the kind of magma thing on his neck or whatever it is. Like at the end when they do go to the where the sands of time are, and it's just like the hourglass time, yeah. The hourglass time, and there's all like the lava and magma and, and all that kind of stuff, and. I really like. There's a bit at the end when he does like when they travel back in time or whatever. And it, like, zooms out and it shows the hourglass and it kind of, like, the way they fade to the dagger it kind of looks like the hourglass is just oh, yeah, a the giant thing, the dagger. Thing in the middle of the glass bit. Yeah, it looked like it's a giant dagger and you just, like, transitions to the dagger in his hand. I'm like, that was neat. You know, there's a cinematography in this movie, guys. And mm. the general filmmaking is very top-notch. I think yeah. it is visually engaging for what could be something that could easily be mishandled. I mean... Think of the colours we're looking at. They're kind of drab golds and browns. They, you know, they're kind of not that poppy, but the way the, the camera moves and the people in the frame, it kind of makes you kind of just, you know, look at, you know, it doesn't get too bogged down in what is the desert, which is just a desolate look. 
So I think, yeah, I think we really have to commend the filmmakers on, on the wonderful mm. amount of work. I agree with done. that, definitely. Yeah, and they yeah. didn't um, they didn't use one of the things that often was a problem with the dagger in the PS2 game. Which is? Which is, um, obviously, you rewind time, but you can only do it a certain amount of time. And, mm. um, often, you will fall into a pit and be like, oh, shit, I died, better use the dagger. And then, it'll, and then you're stuck in the pit? It'll, no, it'll rewind you, but when it re- rewinds you to a point, it remembers the momentum of that moment. So if you're in the middle of a run, you might finish your run and jump and die again. <laughs> so you'll be stuck forever. Yeah, if you've seen um, the internet animator Ego Raptors, uh, the Sands of Awesome video, it, the basic joke of that is that that's what happens. He falls down a really long cliff, dies, rewinds, but the momentum that he rewinds to is when he's about to jump. See how he's like camouflaging the horse's hooves? Yeah. And see how that never plays into the story again? Mm. Like, you thought, like, there would be a point where it's like, ah, he's disappeared. You can't find him now. I was <laughs> like, yeah. How come you never see other movies do that either? Where it's like, oh, we're on a horse. They'll find the, the you know, the, the footsteps of the horse, you know, the shoe marks. Let's just cover it with, with like, silk. They could just have, like, a little little guy with a leaf just, like, swabbing at the footprints. <laughs> like Why does he not just leave her behind? Um, I would. Um, she's annoying. I think you can. I think we can all agree her character is the worst character in the film. Probably, yeah. But I, I guess it would come from the fact that he knows what it's like to be helpless, a street rat. And mm, there's no insane. other women for him to talk that actually talk in the movie. So who else is he gonna talk uh, to? Well, yeah. The and, ostrich. We already set the up. That's true. The ostrich. Yeah. Yeah, and plus he does know that she has knowledge of stuff. And he be. does look at her boobs at one point. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that. think it's coming up. Well, I think look it's at like, her ears, yeah, like yeah. You really <laughs> That's gonna work. <laughs> yeah, he's like, but I love she's like, found what you're looking for, Mister. And he's just like boobies, <laughs> boobies. It's like we get it. You're a prince. You can get all that. And look, uh, look. I've said this. I don't think that she's that wows of a woman, but her boobs are okay. Like they're no, like I wouldn't gawk at them. Like they're look, ogle, 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 boob <laughs> shot. He's like, oh, she's she's like, got. Oh, look. Oh, he's like, whoopsies. Uh, I looked. I'm a prince. I should have more like honor than that. But you know, whoopsies. <laughs> Classic male gaze in the in the film. Mm-hmm. So, but it's like, was there anything in this in this movie that really was like a shining light moment for you? Something that you just point to and go, "Yes, I'm glad that this movie did that." Especially the boobs. Especially the boobs. <laughs> I'm glad the movie did the boobs. <laughs> the ye- yeah, but seriously, Boom. what is there? Is there a moment that is your favorite moment of the film, or one that you just really appreciate? This is a hard one to pinpoint a moment in because I feel like the movie to to change up the metaphor a bit. Like the mo- you're looking for a high point, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, all movies have like high low points. I reckon this one has an even sort of point throughout the whole thing. Like it remains consistent. Yeah, um, although with that being said, there are exposition scenes like this, and there are a lot of parkour scenes. And mm-hmm. Parkour is definitely a big thing in these Ubisoft uh, Assassin's Creed and uh, Prince of Persia games. In Prince of Persia, more often because Assassin's Creed has a lot of different gameplay elements, whereas that one is mostly uh, puzzle platforming, which yeah. involves a lot of parkouring around the rooms, being very clever with it. Yeah, fair enough. But. Do you, you're not going to try and pick one? It's just the general movie is just great. 
I'm I'm sort of dancing around it because I really don't know. There there were a couple of moments where I thought it was really nice, like um when Ben Kingsley did meet up with him after he gave him the note, which of course uh, that scene ended not as nice. So yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to say. I, I Al- Alfred Molina certainly he was one of the funnier parts of the movie that I really liked. Which, yeah, you know. Yeah, he's probably the funniest part of the movie, and that stands out in this movie, which, while it does have comedy, he's kind of mostly in that comedy mode, even when he's being, you know, threatening him and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Like, he's, Alfred Molina's about to be introduced, all his commentary about ostriches, how much he loves them, what they do in the show, like... He really loves them. How he hates taxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's all... I love that like, taxes bit. I love... Bits... Yeah, he does bit. it several times. Yeah. I love how they wake him up by just dancing around him on their horses. Well, again, to like, be menacing. I love he has his own head on his blade. Like, <laughs> like, it's my favorite. I wrote in his my thing. He's like, it's his own face on a knife. I mean, geez. What about you, Stefan? Was there a little moment for you, like a real moment? Where you're like, yes, this is the best moment. Oh well, this part in particular, actually, but also um early on when I was saying how the movie was taking itself too seriously. But then when you see the bit where they're shooting arrows at the wall for, for him to climb over, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And also, I think we might have, um, we were talking lots, we might have missed the line early on where I think they were saying something like, oh yeah, your Holy Land, it's one of the best in Atlanta. Then to me, it's just like, yeah, it was before your illiterate camel riders came along. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, I love that the, That beginning invasion scene, that was actually pretty good. It was epic. And, and she said it was such like a, a straight face. I'm just like, whoa, whoa savage. shit. <laughs> uh, my favourite moment, hard to say, but I do love the bit. It's a sincere moment mm-hmm. where um, Alfred Molina is uh is protecting his ostrich during like this fight oh yeah that's coming up isn't it <laughs> no no it's way later into the film oh it's the one ostrich it's left. like the one ostrich just left and he's protecting it during the fight at the at the what is it the the temple mm-hmm. and he stops protecting it to save the life of his friend with the throwing knives the black guy yeah I thought that was really... I think his name's Sesso. Sesso. He's really great. That's a really great moment for me. I point my finger and go, yes, because their relationship is built on he saved Sesso's life in the past, so he's forever indebted to him. That's familiar. He's forever indebted to him. And you just kind of go, well, this sleazy guy, what situation did he save this guy's life? You know what I mean? There's a bit where you, you go for a little while, most of the time in the film, you go, I don't believe that this guy really cares. But then at the end, like that point later, he's willing to actually go, no, fuck my ostrich. Not like sexually, but like, <laughs> get out of here. And he goes, I'm going to save this guy's life. You know, he doesn't deserve to die because at that point, he ran out of throwing knives. And I might add, for the guy who's the best at throwing knives, he hits one target in the entire movie, I swear. <laughs> I swear it feels like he hits, like, the one main target, and it took, like, all of his blades. So, this movie's basically the same as Kangaroo Jack, but with an ostrich. Ostrich Jack? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Ostrich Jack, yeah. Oh, wow, more women. Well, there's one. Yeah, Alfred Molina's a man, actually. (laughs) Oh, one on the left, yeah. Yeah, again, Alfred Molina. Um, why, are you, why are you calling him a woman? He's clearly got a beard. He can play a lot of races, but genders, you know, he's he's still got a long way to go. Uh, I mean, never, never st- sell a man short. He could probably do it. So, he finally realised what was between her breasts. 
<laughs> Where's my sand? Room for his finger. Look at all that sand that's just like falling out. Like he's pouring it, and you just see all this sand just like shooting off the top. It's I'm like, like dude, oh, you're wasting that sand of time. That's like a millisecond, dude. I want to know more about the history of the sand. You know what I mean? Like, they just kind of just go, oh, the gods, and that's it. Like, who built the hourglass, and why is it specifically under there, and who made the dagger? Was it, like, you know what I mean? I want to know the history of this whole thing, because that's one of the weaknesses of this movie, is it's just so fast-paced. For a two-hour movie, I think this movie really, really went along quite quickly. It gets it around, does, yeah. yeah. This is one of those rare cases where I say another ten minutes, maybe. You know, like, slow down a bit. Like, I know Bartek, you're like, I didn't like the exposition scenes as much. And I'm, I'm I didn't not say big, that. Um, I'm not much of a fan of exposition either, but I felt like to I really want to get inhabited in this world a bit more, and I felt like I didn't get that. You're going to enjoy the poetic stuff at the beginning and the end. Oh, the poetry. <laughs> I mean, look... He's Alfred Molina. He's basically like, I've made this lurid reputation, but I don't actually have any. Like, there is nothing. It's just like, there's fake skeletons. I bought them off a gypsy. And basically, I hate taxes. (laughs) Spits. And all these versions with their armies and their fortresses, their roads, he pays for it all. This small businessman. I love that. He's just like, what? He's a union rep? (laughs) You know what I mean? You You know what I find funny about this is that, you know, in... You know, in the United States, have that Fox News, that really conservative mm-hmm. right wing. They always complain about how everything, you know, the liberal media, how especially like movies, like they're saying that the first Muppets movie had like an ad, had some sort of liberal agenda because it was like against yeah. some, you know, oh, oil, yeah. oil the, CEOs. The, the big villain was a really big capitalist. Yeah, yeah so even this though they movie... spent the entire movie like in a gas gu- guzzling car, whatever, in the Muppets. And this movie, it was like this guy, like he's he hates. He hates taxes, and of course, people on the right they don't like taxes. He's a like, communist, obviously. No, he he doesn't like. So he this guy is um he he's one of the conservatives really because he hates he hates high taxes. So uh, he's, he's yeah. for the small businessman. Yeah. So Fox News would love this movie. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Fair enough. This movie is not liberal. It's a, it's a conservative tick. piece of art. Yeah. Tick, uh, tick, tick, tick. I didn't even know. You know, that's not an angle I thought of. Yeah, but... Prince of Conservatives. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> There's an image you can work on. Sands, sands of money. Yeah. I love that. But I love um, Jake Gyllenhaal has these scars on his face. Yeah. They're not his real scars. Those are, those are makeup scars. They're not mm. real. I thought they did a great job with those scars. Like, because sometimes in movies and shows, when a character has like a facial tattoo or a scar, or whatever, between shots or scenes or episodes or whatever the continuity of them is off because it's really hard to get them in the exact same spot, the exact same kind of tone mm. and everything. But I feel like, again, makeup work, spot on top for... Top-notch. Mm. Top I mean, sure, maybe not make them brown, but, <laughs> you know, when they're white, but sure, I we'll, mean, we'll you, give it a pass. If, if they were white, and you'd be like, why are there white people in Persia? That's what you'd probably be saying. But then mm. again, yes, that's... They didn't have to whitewash, I guess you could say. To give the same praise in a different way, I didn't really notice the scars as much, and that means that they were so natural that I didn't even need to have to question them. Yeah, exactly. Look, again, he missed his target. Jeez. Has he told you about the Inbucker? Uh, no, I think he hasn't. Tell me more about them. I love... Um, wouldn't it be funny if we're talking about whitewashing and like, oh, they're just painting these people up and we found out that the Nimbucker guy is actually just Brad Pitt or something? <laughs> 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 he shaved his head and painted him up. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, not saying Christian that. Bale, maybe. I think yeah. they, they kind of like um, avoided an awkward moment by saying, yes, um, like the, the, the guy owns him, but not 
not as like a slave, but because but he saved like a, his life, yeah, they kind of avoided like an awkward moment. Where he's like, I bought him. Yeah. <laughs> unlike Kangaroo Jack, which did have white slavery. Yeah, pretty much. So, um, yeah, I love that moment where where Alfred Molina is actually like, I saved my friend. Fuck this ostrich up. Not like sexually again. Sorry. <laughs> but um, did we have a favorite character, guys? Right? We've already danced around it, but you know, like. Yeah, man, tax man, yeah. Conserv- tax- conservative guy. Tax man, yeah. Conservative what you, guy. What about you, Bartek? <laughs> yeah, it, this was a really hard one to pick a favourite character, and I don't know if I have one. I feel like I'm just going to say Alfred Molina. Everyone's going default. Alfred Molina, huh? I don't know, Ryan. I mean, you always surprise us with your answers, but I I don't know. I, 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 I dare you not to say Alfred Molina, Ryan. He's <laughs> like, well, you got me there. He was my favourite when I watched it the first time. But now I'm watching it again with no sound on. I'm still like on the fence with who my favorite is. Oh, uh, you're on the fence all the time. He's on. He loves Alfred Molina and uh, also, also um uh the the knife thrower. I think he's pretty cool. Sesso. Yeah. Sesso, the knife thrower. Yeah. I really like the guy who, for no reason, keeps snakes up his sleeve. Oh, the assassin. <laughs> The Hassassin. The Hashashin, yeah. Hashashin. Because the word assassin comes from, like, Hassan. Yes. Hassassin. But I loved him because I didn't understand what he was about. You know what I mean? Like, there was a mystery to him. And I appreciated that mystery. Like, is he blind? Like, he, he was horrifically scarred on one side of his face and his eye... One eye looked like, you know, how they make you look blind in movies. They give that kind of foggy lens yeah. on you. He kind of looked like he was blind in one eye and that's the, like he could see the future, right? Is that is that right? He could see the future, which you thought was going to be something, but he never did anything with that. Like, don't you think he would have seen his own death and stopped that? But I don't know. I missed a lot of things with that character. He was all about destiny. Yeah. Destiny's my favourite character in this movie, guys. <laughs> Boy, does he come up a lot. I mean, destiny, destiny. We haven't had a movie with this much destiny in it since, oh, since uh, Just Visiting, I would say. That had a lot of destiny in it. Wasn't, like, the yeah. first Amazing Spider-Man movie about destiny? Oh, aren't they the all? Spider-Man. Was it? Like, the first, um, the one with, uh, what, what's his Garfield. name? Garfield. Yeah, Andrew Garfield. Uh, Wasn't that, like, he was, it was his destiny to be Spider-Man. I haven't seen it. But... Yeah, well, I've Doc seen it. Ock I was in Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire, and he was played by Alfred Molina. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> so it was destiny that he would be in this movie, so we could have the destiny of talking about it. It would have been if they had octopus racing. Look at this. Apparently, she's just, having a lot of fun in all these costumes. Uh, look at this guy. I think he's my favorite character. Actually, the nut, <laughs> nutcracker guy. I forgot about him. Uh, apparently, he's a reference to one of the later Prince of Persia's, but I don't know. Is he the Nut King? Where they're like, I no, so. you're gonna fight the Nut King, and it's like, no, and all he does is just sit there cracking walnuts, and you get wounded <laughs> every time they hit you. I like how she gave him one walnut. And he just kept throwing shells at him. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of, uh, like, you know. Tamina, um, no, it doesn't say the the whereabouts of the queen. Like, we just assume that she's dead, I guess. Yeah, I want to know the political structure of this, because they're like, you'll make a great queen one day, but she's only a princess now. She's literally queen for one day, so she could have, like... Yeah, for one day, you should be children. queen. And it's just very confusing. Is she... That's a good point. I didn't think about that. There is something I did think about, though, which is at the end. There's a bit where she looks at a dead body and she looks at the dead body's hand mm-hmm. and it's like got one of those markings from the temple. Yes. And she's like, oh, they corrupted the temple. The temple's corrupted. Blah, blah, blah. 
And that went nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) But then when they reversed... Spoiler alert, at the end, everything gets put right. Uh, They reversed time. She doesn't remember anything. That's the thing only he and Ben Kingsley do, right? Because they both travel back in time. Well, Jake Gyllenhaal travels back in time and he has the only memory. He's the only memory. But no, but Jake Gyllenhaal... Here's the thing. Ben Kingsley's also holding the knife. Yeah, so I was a bit confused about that part. I wasn't sure because... Uh, I mean, because weird, because the actor Ben Kingsley plays it off like he knows it's about to happen, so he's going to play it like oblivious. Well, is the rule hold the knife or press the jewel? I think it's... I don't know. They never really made that clear. Yeah, so it wasn't clear if you were if you both holding the knife. Yeah. Because, yet again, when he did activate it the first time, she had the knife, didn't she? When? No, he had the knife. But wasn't she grabbing it to stab him with it? Wasn't that the thing? I can't remember, but I thought... She had a sword. She had a sword, that's it. But she did grab the dagger first, and he went, Oi, fuck off. And like, oh, yeah, and then, then he pressed it by accident. Yeah. So I guess it's pressing the jewel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I assumed... Well, that's cool. Because I, I took it as you both hold it, and you press it. And then... Then you go back in time to get... Like, you go back in time to wherever, and you both have the memories. Because Ben Kingsley played it like he had memories. Like, that was my personal interpretation of it. He's just such a great actor where it's it's, it's ambiguous with him. But when he travelled... You know, he travels back in time. The church is still corrupt. That's the thing that I Hmm. thought of. Because she's not aware of that. And he doesn't really know. Like, she says it, but he doesn't acknowledge it. So... Even though Ben Kingsley gets killed at the end, the church is still corrupt, so wouldn't they still be after the dagger for their own evil means? Were the church corrupt or were they just secretly assassins? No, they were corrupt. She said, oh, this guy's from the church. The church has been corrupted. The church, like, or the temple, has been, they're corrupt. They were in on it. Like, some of them were in on it. So doesn't that mean at the end of the day this is like a Hail Hydra kind of thing? Hail Hydra. <laughs> where, so- where at the end of the day... The church is still evil? So could this mean that if if that is a plot hole, then maybe yes, but maybe it could be a thing of, like, maybe they were corrupted after the events he went back in time towards? No, because, see, Ben Kingsley had already set everything up. Like, you know what I mean? When he travelled back in time, Ben Kingsley had already set everything up. All he needed to do was give him the cloak, and then everything would go. So the church would have already been corrupted. Like, when he travels back, the church would already be under Ben Kingsley's rule. It would already be corrupt. It would already be having its own agenda. The assassins would have already been hired. All of this stuff. But only Ben Kingsley gets taken down at the end. Hmm. Because he's the one who, you know, is the head of the organization. Your favorite character is still alive. Yeah... Maybe just, you know. Nutcracker. <laughs> oh, uh, you might have just plan just really yeah. quickly, potentially. <laughs> uh, here's the thing, too. Why would anyone want to help him? Because he travels back in time to be king. What's their reward? Because then they won't exist. Right? Because, like, if he travels back in time to be king, these assassins technically don't get paid. Because... Their function wouldn't exist anymore. Is he trying to go back in time? I thought he's trying to set things right. No, 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 no. Ben Kingsley. Oh, right, Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley's operational idea is he goes back in time, stops... Stops the line. Stops the line. He becomes king. And the assassins know this. They understand this. Everyone involved understands Ben Kingsley's reasonings for why. 
Why would they want to help him? Because technically they won't get it's, paid. Technically, it's kind of like that episode of Community. You know, have you seen that one? I don't know if you, either of you guys watched Community. I've seen seen Community, the first yeah. nine episodes. The first, the, there's like an episode where um they they roll a dice and it's and you know in a game and then I was like, okay, I wonder what happened in the other timeline because you create like six timelines for each roll of the dice mm-hmm. and then the, the episode keeps going by rolling the dice like six different times to see what happens. Oh, yeah, So yeah, I'm thinking yeah, like yeah. maybe they still get paid in a different timeline. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, well, a, that's a problem with time travel movies. When you have goons that are hired and they are aware... Why do they do it? Because it's not like they're going to be spending the money later. Well, you know what I mean? They're technically doing it for free. I think In that it, timeline, I, they aren't doing it for free. No, but, you know, I guess your your point is that there is no timeline. timeline Listen, time- my fellows. Okay, fellows. It all goes back to the idea of Fuck. alternate timelines. Mm. Yeah. So they leave this timeline... Or Jake Gyllenhaal leaves this timeline... They still exist in this timeline. They've gotten paid. They can just live their life as the movie is. No, but this timeline... Here's what I'm saying. It's very simple. Ben Kingsley. This is the success story of Ben Kingsley, right? Yes. He kills the king. He hires these assassins to kill everyone at the temple, to kill Jake Gyllenhaal. He hires these assassins to help him take over the kingdom and kill all the other brothers. He has the dagger, stabs it in... He travels back in time to become king himself. Then this timeline where he did all that doesn't exist anymore. Because it would be the timeline where there would be no brothers. The brothers wouldn't exist. Jake Gyllenhaal would be a street urchin. The assassins are technically just doing this job for free. Because once Ben Kingsley stabs that dagger in... They're not going to be buying anything because they won't exist anymore. Like, they won't exist in the way that we... Like, they would still be alive, they w- but they wouldn't be, like, existing in They this would have time- a different context in the timeline that Ben Kingley's going to create. This timeline would still exist as events just happened. But how? How? Wouldn't this time... Because here's the thing. She says that there's only two options. The whole entire world ends... Do I need to bring... Dr. Christopher Lloyd's explanation <laughs> in, remember? And then we create this reality! Yeah, but I don't think that this movie's basing it on that kind of world building, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's basing it on that kind of uh, understanding. Yet again, here's something. They remember everything when they travel back in time. So when Ben Kingsley the one travels... The yeah, yeah. Jewel. When Ben Kingsley travels back in time to a kid... Would he have all the memories and understanding of a 66-year-old man? I suppose that's what the law established, true. so that's what it would yeah. be. But yeah, but that's what I'm saying about it. You're saying Back to the Future has its setup of principles of time, but this movie sets up the idea that the whole universe will get destroyed, or you travel back to be able to fix something. And then that's your reality. Like, the one that you were in before, only you remember. That doesn't exist anymore. Like, the one I, where he got stabbed on the chest doesn't exist because he doesn't have a scar. Like I suppose that what we should say is not so much travel back in time as it revert to a point. Yes, yes, yes. I guess. But that's what I'm saying. I took it as the understanding that once Ben Kingsley achieves what he achieves... The brothers, these brothers, they don't exist. That's what he said. They don't. Ex- none of this what we're seeing, none of this time, none of this backstory, it just won't happen. It just doesn't exist anymore. It's moot. It's a moot point, except for Ben Kingsley's memories. But they technically are not real, but technically are real. So what I'm saying is, these assassins know that, right? 
Why do they do it? Like, they're not going to get paid, technically. From I think, a like, money standpoint, it's kind of a waste of time. That's true, but I'm just thinking, like, that he was probably waving the money or the gold or whatever in front of them and said, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. I wonder if he even told them, like, their plan, his plans to go well, back in time. I, I guess I they don't know about it. They do. The snake guy knows. Hmm. And he's the head of the assassins. But even, like, another point, spoilers for the end of Hot Top Time Machine. Have you guys seen that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, at the end, where um, Lou starts Lugal. So yeah. if... Um, if if uh if if he's smart, if the uncle's smart, he'll do the same thing and Yeah, he would improve he, the empire. Yeah, like, he would create uh well create Google. The uncle, <laughs> well he can't yeah, because obviously smart. he doesn't have Google in this time period, but that, yeah. <laughs> That's the problem though. He is reverting so far back into the childhood though mm. that all the events that he would have an understanding of would be completely different. Say like an army invaded them when they were like twenty years old. Mm-hmm. He's come back when he's like eight. Mm-hmm. By the time he gets to that 20-year-old period, the situations would probably be different because he's king. Yes, but at the other, on the other hand, if you... The, the idea is, like, uh, if you've got the wisdom of a... whatever, However old he is now, from a young age, you're probably going to be, like, a super genius growing up. Yeah, but then you're also going to be faulting on other uh, other issues and points as well because... And I suppose that would be his yeah, exactly, because you're working on a future that doesn't exist. So, say he solves all of these war problems, blah, 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 but he solves them in a quicker, timely manner. Say, like, you know, if we travel back and we stop World War Two, that doesn't mean we're going to stop Vietnam, because would Vietnam technically happen because we stopped World War Two in two years instead of whatever? You know, like, it's a... This movie raises a lot of questions. Well, again, like the video game, yeah. I imagine. If, if it happens, would... Would Iran even be? It would still be Persia, maybe. Well, mm. I still think that he's such a brilliant tactician that he could just, you know, still work around whatever problems may arise. Yeah, I reckon mm. he could. I reckon he could. But that's a problem, though. He is not as wise of a leader as his brother. Like he's younger, obviously. That's why he's not king. Mm-hmm. But he's not as wise as a leader because he doesn't take, you know, he doesn't take other people's advice. There's several points in this movie where people advise him to do stuff, and he just doesn't. He's like, I've got my plan, I'm following through on it. If anything, he does not change, no matter what the problem is in this movie. It shows, if anything, he stays in his spot. He's like, I'm still following through on this plan, even though it's all it's all over. And it all goes back to that word that you kept writing down. It's his destiny to fail yeah destiny I, I'm worried of when, to, when, to, when he goes back so when he's a kid and he goes through puberty like is he gonna screw the whole thing up or yeah exactly will he use, somehow use save his hair yeah <laughs> will, will he start masturbating from a younger age yeah <laughs> well and here's something there's a bit right here where they nearly kill him where they nearly like throw stuff at his face there's like yeah they're like whoops <laughs> that was pretty cool actually and he was just like Slightly inconvenienced by it. Like, oh no, that could have been me. Like, I could have been killed. What if he goes back in time and, like, accidentally makes all the same events happen? Except that okay. at this point, he's so conscious of What's the accident. What's this about? What's that about? <laughs> like, oh. That person never came back either, did they? Like, you thought, I like, think so. you thought that they were going to be, like, this thing that, like, they're just spinning. You thought, oh, they're going to be, like, in the fight later. No, they're just a bearded... It'd be really cool if, like, you spent and, like, you were throwing out so many knives. You'd be like a knife yeah. tornado. Oh, I thought they were, like, the tornado things that they travel in. You know how uh, later on they travel in the sandstorm things or whatever? Like, the... the, the... 
sand cyclones, whatever they're called, and they jump out of them. Remember right. that? Remember that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, you know, when they attack the temple, like when they attack them when they're at the temple there in like the sand cyclones. Wouldn't it be cool if it was those guys just spinning? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's still spinning. You, you just saw that before. He's still spinning. Who's What's the, he doing? Who is this guy? <laughs> who is this snake guy? I suppose that is the kind. That's the uh, reaction the film wants from you. Who? Why is doesn't he want to be king? I mean, you can see the future. I mean, I mean, is being king really like the best thing ever? Is it not for people that really want it? King King's a pretty great great position. Yeah, you can't choose a lot of responsibilities. Though. Yeah, but it, you're the most powerful in the land. Not really. Uh, do you, I guess you do. You want, does everyone want power? To, yeah, snake guy. If you're king, do you just tell people to do stuff for you? Yeah. You say yes or no. They just come and say, okay, should we should we evade Saudi Arabia tonight or tomorrow? It's like uh, tomorrow. I want an yeah. early night tonight. Man, I should have used I should have used snake guys for my uh, university task where we had to be an animal person. <laughs> God. It's a Persian it, patrol. It's a Persian uh, patrol! I don't know why it's funny. I find, I find it Let's make easy. a meme out of it, guys. Yeah. P- uh, Persian patrol! And it's just like <laughs> yes, a picture of... Persian patrol Peter. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like, it's a Persian patrol Peter. <laughs> Persian patrol Peter is just like an Iranian cop just leaning <laughs> on his crappy BW car. <laughs> He's just like, it's a Persian patrol Peter. I love um, Jake Gyllenhaal looks like he's having fun throughout this movie. I yeah. think I think it really amplifies our fun if he's having fun. Yeah, well, like we said, he is that kind of Aladdin-y, Indiana Jonesy character. So, like royal life, I imagine ain't for him. Ain't for him mm. so much. Or, or well, it is for him because he has family there and he has well family. I'll just stick to family. But then he comes back to his roots, I suppose, in this movie with all the adventuring, all the parkour, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Hey, back to the uh, kind of back to the whitewashing issue. I'm just thinking because this was filmed mostly in Morocco and also in London as well, apparently. Yeah, so, the Pinewood Studios, hence yeah. all the English actors. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he, maybe he wasn't whitewashed. Maybe that's his natural turn. Yeah, probably. Potentially from because people forget how long it takes for these movies to be filmed. Yeah, so no, it it, it's day. probably it's probably <laughs> probably just him. Was that the snake guy just standing on a cliff, just throwing sand? Yeah. <laughs> Someone said, shoot that. Shoot it, please. Like, get the cameras ready, guys. Snake guy, get ready. <laughs> um, There was a bit before that we missed. I really want to talk about... It's a one-line bit where uh, Dick Coyle... <laughs> yeah? He said, like... Apparently, the princess is, like, the, the great... The, like, the most attractive in all the lands and whatever. It's like... And once we get in there, we'll find out how attractive she is. And we'll have and he's like and we'll have some good fun with that. <laughs> and I just wrote like, oh I get it, they're going to rape her. Ha 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 Like it's so funny. Like everyone's just like, ha ha, we're gonna possibly rape this poor woman. Ha 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 yeah, There's yeah. a part that I also wanted to talk about. Um it's actually the second uh question yep. that I wanted to talk about. It was okay, we've already had the revelation of how uh, Dastan knows that his uncle Nazim is the person that killed his oh that poor father. horse <laughs> yeah and it was because you know, his hands were burned right yep so burnt the, hands. the question was how did he find out and obviously the answer was burnt hands two of the answers were his name was on the robe oh yeah <laughs> and his name and his Nazim. name and his name was on the poison Nazim <laughs> Nazim <Yeah. laughs> So hey, that's my poison. No, no, you see on the robe, 
written in poison. <laughs> yeah, maybe this whole, this whole thing was a mistake, and Nazim actually wanted to use the poison on himself. That's why I wrote his name on it. No, wouldn't it be an extra surprise that it was the princess who poisoned it, and she was just being silent about it and going, yeah, kill your family, I don't care. Like, shh, we'll leave it apart. And the, he actually just wants to travel back in time to stop her. Like, the uncle's a good guy. Yeah, what if he's the hero? Yeah. Uh-oh, oh, here it is, and here's the lion. And he's just like, look at it, that was intense. Look how proud it is. That was like, it's like they're in snow, or like that, dry snow or something. That was like the Revenant level of yeah. scary. That was like almost as good as the bear. There was Oh, there, I didn't want to mention it for some reason, but actually this is worth mentioning. There was also another question about Snake Guy. Ooh, was it, it what's was, his name? No, no, Snake no. Guy. No, it was what animal does he, like, have? Was it Flamingo? <laughs> no, that would have Flamingo up his sleeve. <laughs> Obviously the answer is Snake, but the answer that stuck out to me was Mountain Lion. <laughs> mountain Lion's coming out of his sleeve somewhere. Isn't the horse dead? Is that is that the thing they um, were petting it when they were in the thing going poor horse? I, I, I lost a, track. What happened? To it? A horse lying down inside like that probably isn't a good sign. Well, so. horses lay down. Oh, oh wait, no, it's fine. Here you go. Okay, no, no, it's not fine. These are the bad guys. That horse has With spikes on it. Spike, so, you so know, spike horse is bad. That's like Ganondorf from uh, from Zelda. That was a great yeah, the horse. Great teeth. Um, was that snake guy? A yes, horse? it was snake guy. He's okay. like the man. Uh, there's a bit. Remember later on. There's a bit where she randomly goes, Yes, it is said that the man covered in spikes can kill anyone in 20 feet of him. And it's just like, oh, I don't have to be 20 feet near him. And then he's like five feet near we, him. We are learning now from all these really brief shots of Snake Guy that he is a man of nature. Yeah, like destruction. So see, this is what I'm saying. They're setting up here that, you know, if he uses it incorrectly, Nazim's treachery will pay for it. Like oh, the whole universe will Niz- get destroyed. The sub- Nazam. We, I'm so sorry, guys. I misled you. I thought it was Nazim. Nazim. That's an Australian comedian. No. Nazim. No. Nizam. And she's like, okay. Nazam. Kabam. And, um... Kazam. Kazam. No. That's Green Egg and Hammett. Give me back the Dagang. The Dagang. Actually, come to think of it, the Sesso kind of does look like Shaq, doesn't he? Is it Shaq? No, I'm pretty sure it's a British actor. Shaquilla? <laughs> Have you seen that? What? Shaq had a tequila called Shaquila. <laughs> Shaquila. <laughs> and it's like a bottle. You know, you have those um vodkas or whatever where uh, tequila, where it's like uh, a, a crystal skull or whatever it is. Yeah, like, yeah. It was his head. <laughs> it's a bottle. It's like a Shaq. I've, ha- I've had a can of like a Shaq drink. Was it Shaquilicious? I don't know what it was called. It just had Shaq on it in his big greeny face. <laughs> So, they're on the way. The horse is fine. Don't worry. The horse lives, I'm pretty sure. This isn't that kind of movie. Well, he goes back in time. I mean, he reverts back at the end anyway. I really like there was a bit where, where he runs back in time and that guy who got stabbed very quickly at the start is alive again. And he's like, oh, you're alive. And he's just like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? Like, of course I'm alive. I thought, okay, when they revealed the ostrich... Like, when he's just like, this is the last one left, and he's, like, wearing... The ostrich is wearing, like, a, a bag over its head. Yeah, we I, saw it. Yeah, I thought... I thought... No, no, there's a bit where he's like, yeah, this is the last one left, and he takes the bag off. I thought it was going to be revealed that... And they blinded it! <laughs> yeah, it's like... And it have no eyes. I'm like, oh, this would this done brutal. Because, like, that ride went on for three days, like, two days. Oh, the ostrich's name is Anita. Anita, my favourite hero. 
And mm. it's like, I love it. It's like, you can't organize an ostrich race. We're just one ostrich! <laughs> I love he has... Make that a meme. <laughs> the best... No, the best part is the fact that the ostrich is the most relatable character to me. Because the ostrich is... Like, I relate to the ostrich. You know, it has suicidal tendencies. I have suicidal tendencies. It has big eyes. I have big eyes. Alfred Molina watches it day and night, even in its sleep. Alfred Molina watches me day and night, even in my sleep. He kisses me on the neck, just like he did that ostrich. It's It's got a hairy head. It's got a hairy head. It's tall, just like me. I mean, the similarities are compelling. Ryan, you're an ostrich. I'm an ostrich. That's my animal of choice. What about you, Bartek? What kind of animal do you think you are? Um, Voltorb. That's not an animal. Be an animal, no, Pokemon. Magnemite? (laughs) I said an animal. Mr. Mime. (laughs) That's a person. No, it's a Pokemon. It's got a name. It's Mr. I had a teacher called Mr. Mime. He taught us maths. (laughs) No, Mr. Mime's a Pokemon. I know. I'm not an idiot. I'll be the ice cream one then, fine. So, this is the part where I thought Snake Man was going to, like... This is a diglet. <laughs> and it's revealed like when they chop it, you just see it cuts the snake man. He's like, oh, and he's like grabbing his dick and you just see it's like a snake and it's just in the ground and they cut the tip of his dick off. Okay, so here's something I want to ask you, Stefan. Yeah. Your interpretation of this scene where he chops all the snakes to bits. Do you think that he just had really good reflexes or do you think he just kept using the sands of time to know where the snakes were going to be? Um, because he just starts wailing on them. Like here, we see him use it, and he's like, "Oh, I fucked up. I'm gonna use it again." But then after he uses it, he just like wipes them out easily. What's your interpretation? Do you think he's just really good at killing snakes, or do you think he kept using well, the dagger? That's that bit there, jeez. Um, yeah. Um, it's it's interesting because it just seems to be one of those things where, you know, like he's he's obviously very athletic, but there's, there's not really indication that he is like a master of you know, mm. using daggers like um like uh like the black guy yeah like the suit like the sudanese guy yeah it, it's it's just i guess it's just i just wanted a cool scene um you know it's kind of like at the end of it's kind of like at the end of star wars how the the star wars force awakens when both mm. the two young protagonists just seem to magically be able to fight kylo ren and well, this guy he, he like yeah he in in Star Wars defense, Kylo Ren isn't even a master level himself. Well, that's true, but um, in in this in this in this point, he just seems to um, I guess he he just found some new grown confidence, mm. like um, like something just like I'm gonna get the girl, I'm gonna get okay, this so, way. So you think you think he's just fueled by that? What about you, Baltek? What was your interpretation? Well, he used it only once after all the snakes appeared. Yeah, but that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe my thought process was. Because he did it so easily. I thought my process was... Because he even said, how did you do that? He's just like, instinct. Mm. Instead of in a cocky way. I thought, like, maybe we only saw him use the dagger once. And as a cool film technique, he did all that. And you kind of question, oh, did he just use the dagger again and again? We didn't see it. Because film-wise, that would be kind of annoying to see him do that. But because... true. No, but he doesn't have that much sand, so he can't do yeah, it too he, many times. Yeah, but before he used the dagger, like, four times with that much sand, and they're going off to get more sand. 
So I thought, oh, would it be cool? But I don't know. That was my interpretation. I, I feel making, I'm, I'm alone. I feel making technique. I think. It, I think yeah. it's mentioned that the amount of time they go back, like, is represented by how much sand is used. So and that wasn't too much. Time. Yeah, it was like a, a second. So here, if it's seconds. instinct, then I guess that's true because you have to act really quick. So I suppose it would be instinct fueled by some knowledge. Mm. Yeah. Here's a question: How many times did he die in this movie? A um, lot. <laughs> how many well, times he would have died? He would have died. No, he yeah. If he didn't act would fast have, enough. And how many times did he die? Because he's died like already at this point. He's technically died like twice. No, three times because well, she killed him. She nearly killed him twice. She stabbed him in the chest the first. Well, that's time. that's what I'm saying. He, he would, would have been okay killed? with that. I think the yeah. only the only time he dies is, is when is saved by when someone else presses the dagger which is Tuss yeah because he yes. kills all himself. other times he presses the dagger before he dies yeah the other brother doesn't really do anything so, does he there's Tuss and the one we can't remember the name the of. one though he's the, he's really good because he's the only one that actually chases him down and he actually fights him like he we've mm. seen him fight him and this mm. he's about to come back and he goes I believe you brother and then gets like fucking pelted with small Spear yeah, like as soon, oh, yeah. as soon as he comes to his side, then it's death. Yeah, yeah don't cut yourself, princess. We heard about the suicidal tendencies. So. <laughs> of the ostrich, he's like here, here. <laughs> well, don't oh, give it. Don't give the knife to the ostrich. No, dagger to the ostrich. No. See, it's snow. So I guess I'm just not used to. Maybe they were out snow hunting in the past. All dead. I love how he said it too. He's like all dead. Like he doesn't really care. But yeah, everyone's a lot more whiter in this scene. Yeah, it's because of the snow. No, the, <laughs> hold on, the, the, the yellow tint's not here. Yeah. Because of the snow. Yeah, I thought that was... Because they're more in, towards the Himalayas, okay. right? Is this, is, I, this I movie, that... is this movie taking like place over a year or something? It's just like a different season? <laughs> yeah, well, they're moving further and further away from Persia and more towards uh, the mountains. I think it's mentioned that it takes place over a couple of weeks. Yeah, Like, it yeah. takes them a week to get to one place at some mm. point. Mm. Yeah, so this the temples are in the mountains, so it would be snowing there because it's, you know, nearer Asia. So, yeah. But, I mean, this movie makes sense, guys. Maybe they're in Poland. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Poland. Woo. Could you imagine the Prince of Poland? <laughs> <laughs> the Prince of Poland. This. What would it be, though? The Prince of Poland, what would be the tagline, Bartek? You, you would get it. Uh, let's see. What, what time period are we thinking? Oh, any. Doesn't matter. You you pick. Alright, Prince of Poland, um, if it's modern day during the M M&M, or like during the M M&M and M craze, um Bow down, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Prince of Poland, bow down, motherfucker. Or like uh you know, Prince Prince of Poland. <laughs> Could you imagine like who would play him though? Like what Hollywood actor do you think would play the play the Prince of Poland? Jake Gyllenhaal? No. Voltorb? <laughs> no. Voltorb. Okay, okay. Let's think for real. Prince of Poland. Um... Willem Dafoe. He's <laughs> just like, Willem Dafoe, Prince of Poland. And they just choose like the most only if Polish only, man. Only if the king's younger than him. Yeah. Prince of Poland could be played by the legendary uh, uh, actor Michael B. Jordan. Mm. <laughs> Stefan's like yeah I yeah. works that <laughs> like, works for me Creed <laughs> he was great in Creed yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was good in Creed yeah. yeah step down motherfucker and the king can be Sylvester Stallone Stallone hey. Hey, hey. I mean see I'm Polish you can speak Polish with that I am the action man I am the double 
the Prince of Austria and it's just Schwarzenegger. Well, it has to be. I... No, it's just Hitler. There we're not Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Prince of Austria, Hitler. Um, hey, Bartek, have you told uh, Ryan that... Uh, remember that Polish joke I told you like a couple of months ago? You did tell me some Polish jokes yeah. that I like. Okay, Bartek, tell us some Polish jokes. What's a great Polish joke? I don't know, but Stefan came up with some good ones. It's been well, a I, didn't, I didn't come up with this. I read this on the internet. So Go maybe on. you've heard this one, Ryan. Oh. So so let's just, let's just let's just put in the context of this. So let's just say um, the... The prince of Poland becomes the king of Poland, mm-hmm. and what does he give to his new um, queen of Poland? That's long and hard. Uh, a pole. A last name. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was the one. I really liked that one. <laughs> that was perfect. It was perfect because you know, obviously, Bartek's name is very. Long. Mine is long too. Yes, Lewinsky. How many? <laughs> how many letters are in your last name? Eleven. Ah, uh, you've just got. You've got like two more than me. Yeah. Two, three. And my first name's got ten letters. Jeez, mine's got four. <laughs> but still, so, yours in in your last name, Bartek. How many syllables? It's three. Three. Yes, yeah, three. Kas, psh, shak. Mine's three as well. Same with my first name, Bartwowski. Right, uh, we're in the action scenes now. Oh, and here's the bit I told you. Like, you'll find Alfred Molina's guarding an ostrich during this scene. He's talking about like, I gotta look after me baby, ostrich. And then you know, there he is, find her, and he's just like standing there, like after his ostrich. (laughs) And then there's a point where he goes, you know what? Screw it. This guy's right out of throwing knives. Here it is, and he's like, look at me, all over you with my sword that I'm holding. A peculiar way right? down, yeah. <laughs> and he makes a dick joke. Yeah. Oh my god. He randomly makes a dick joke out of nowhere. I didn't really expect a dick joke to happen, but it yeah. did. It went through his helmet, might I add. What a poor helmet that must have been well, if a knife could go through. It was mentioned it. earlier that he could his throwing. Yeah, he could, could decapitate like three... three men with one action. I wish we saw that. <laughs> Do you think, like, maybe they were reading through the script and a, a cr- criticism of video game movies, and while we're at it, Australian movies, is mm. that they take themselves too seriously or too bleak, and maybe they added Mr. Conservative Taxman guy when I thought... Yeah, because mm, Super Mario ostrich, Brothers yeah. was very serious. Yeah. And I was thinking, hmm, this is too serious. What if we had the conservative and the ostrich? The well, conservative ostrich. Well, <laughs> well, again, this is a very good video game adaptation, because it adds just so much like I said that <laughs> game really is sorry ju- he just kicked water in her face when he ran up to fight this guy you see the actress there and you see her blink she's <laughs> 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 very unconscious but he like he really kicked a fuckload of water in her face with his boots sorry go on you were saying Martin. Uh, I want to see that now um <laughs> uh this is a good video game adaptation because the Prince Persia of the Sands of to- Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time, my fellows, is a game which is following two characters, uh, the prince and Princess Farah. Um, it's entirely set in a gigantic castle that just has so many different locations for some reason. And, you know, Castles do that. they don't get to interact with people. They don't get to see too many outside environments outside of the castle and things like that. Whereas this one, it's got a whole world. They've gone very far from Persia. They've got uh, all these you know battles that they're fighting. They've got Snake Guy. I don't know if Snake Guy is a reference to anything from another Ubisoft title because it certainly wasn't in The Sands of Time. 
Maybe it was in uh, Assassin's Creed Snake Guy Unity Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Gear? HD <laughs> it's Remastered. Like the Assassin's Creed mixed with Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Creed Snake Guy Assassin. <laughs> with Knuckles. <laughs> and Knuckles. Oh yeah, and Knuckles. Um, rever- what was it? Revengeant? Revengeance. Revengeance. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like um, they they probably had the ability to take liberties with the plot here because like there is there is not many characters in Prince of Persia. Well, other is the first is that the time the game is it is the plot like detailed or not really? Yeah, I've heard it's cinematic. I yeah, I it's been a long time since I have played it. And <gasps> I I've lent my PS2 to someone. I would have replayed the game for this episode if I had it, but um. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while, so I'm not too familiar on the lore of the game. But But was there a bit where they cut open a snake to get a dagger out? Well, again, I don't know if there was a snake. Was there a dagger? Of course, there was a dagger. There was there was only one point later on in where you lose the dagger and you got to work without it, but you get a better sword to compensate. Mm. So basically, the game gets better without the dagger. Cool. Well, that's great. No, you can kill enemies faster, but you want the dagger because the dagger's awesome. Oh, matter of opinion, mate. Um, I like how he buried his brother with rocks. Uh, in a day yeah. or two, wolves will be after him. <laughs> you bury him, mate. Jesus. He didn't have a shot. Give him the also, respect he deserves. Also, who do they worship in this movie? Because the gods, dude. Don't you remember the gods? She worships the gods. Well, he, he worships. God, like, what was the Persians' religious thing? Were they Muslims or they were, were they Christian? Because I got a real Christian vibe they, from some of these dudes. Here. I don't think they... maybe because they're English. Do I don't I don't know what period this is set, set in. Um, mm. Is it like BC or is it AD? Uh, AD. I think AD. It's AD. AD. Yeah. But yet again, the Muslim faith is one of the youngest, one of I the youngest the, major. You mean religions. Muslim or Islamic? Islamic, I guess. Yeah. Um, the Muslim conquests, I'm pretty sure, were like in the like in the 1300s, maybe or the 15. I, I'm probably getting that completely wrong, but, but I have a feeling the I Islamic conquest they, was after I get this. The fe- Who do they worship? I get the feeling it's somewhere on the Islamic third of the Abrahamic spectrum. Okay. Yeah. Oh no! Wait, hold. On. I read somewhere Zoroastrianism. Zoroastrian. I've heard of that. I don't uh, really know what that is. Me neither. But I've. Oh, that had gas. <laughs> I I, th- I remember reading it was Zoroastrianism. Mm. Yeah, because I know, like, in Egypt, just a bit of history for you, Egypt was very Christian before the Islamic conquests. So it's quite possible that Persia was maybe not Islamic before that, or maybe it was, I don't know. Yeah. I like how he just beat them with a shovel because they spat on him. He's like, die! I love Scourge of the Newbie. I love how... This is also, entrepreneur. <laughs> I love this is also, and he's just like taxes. Oh, he hates taxes. But one of my favorite bits is just this. It's like my friend has anyone ever told you that you talk too much? And he's just like, yeah, yeah. Wait, what, what about the bit earlier on where he's, when he's like, I would trade my own mother for that gold? And he oh, looks yeah, at yeah, it he's like, like <laughs> you don't know what she's like. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what she's done. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, all right, then. I love that. And he's just like, yep. Fair enough. This I thought was probably the most engaging fight scene for me. I, I found it very engaging, and I, it, there's many points with the parkour and this fight sequ- sequence. And a lot of the fight sequences, mm-hmm. I wrote just from like I don't even know the game, but I know well that's straight out of the game. 
Well, yeah, when you were asking me what my favourite point was, this one did flash across my mind because I do remember it being really cool. Here's something I want to put out there. I think the weird thing about video game movies is, for me as a watcher of just movies, for me when video game movies come out and you watch them, I think one of the low points, except for this occasion, is when they incorporate the gameplay into the movie. You know what I mean? Like, for me... I feel like game movies should be based on the story more than the gameplay because you, you have to feel f- it's you have more the, obligatory. Yeah, you have the game for that. While what the movie's trying to do is tell a story. Yes. What the game is trying to do is tell us they're trying to in, in, you know make you play get into the gameplay and the story's second. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you could have a game with a really great story, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day if the gameplay shit. You know what I mean? That's that's a thing. Yeah, know? there are games where you excuse the gameplay for the story and that's stuff true, like that. That's true. That is true. That's true. Yeah. Like I will excuse Metal Gear Solid because I rather the story than the actual gameplay. That is a valid opinion by some people. Yeah. Yet again, I am a big fan of running in a box. <laughs> just like as a personal uh, with Metal Gear Solid, my personal mission sometimes is to see if I can complete a mission with just the box on and like nothing else. Like. Sit there, and even if they see me, I just get up and run. Well, <laughs> even the that, box sure. on. Yeah, even wearing the box is sometimes a valid tactic because you it s- is. you still run relatively fast while being having a lower you know yeah. appearance. And going uphill sometimes you don't. You know, sometimes in Metal Gear Three, you slowly go up slopes. But with the box, you just run up normally. It's fun. <laughs> but you guys are both. Are you guys both Metal Gear Solid fans? And I um, I played me. the first. I played the first yeah. three. But I've played most of them. They, they should be good movies, right? Considering they're, they're oh, yeah. known for their long cutscenes. They should be able to uh, fit something into that. Yeah. It's going to be hard if a Hollywood movie did them because mm. they have a very Japanese sensibility of storytelling, I would say. Wouldn't you say, Bartek? Like, it's got, rather than Japanese, very Hideo Kojima storytelling. I guess. It's just a lot he's more... A, he's well, a unique man. Well, I, I don't think it's just that, but when I watch Asian cinema in comparison to Western cinema, it's very different. And it's more dialogue heavy than, um, you know, show, don't tell. They're more tell, don't show as much. And they same do with Metal Gear. Same with Metal Gear Solid. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's got more of an Asian sensibility of, of storytelling than, than, than this yeah. would. And even in the first game, they showed a lot of stock footage during some of the exposition. Yeah. But my thing I was saying was... Sometimes, a lot of the game movies... I think why game movies fail is because they... Put, they put the gameplay into the story of the movie for no reason. Like, mm. sometimes, say you have a game movie that the game isn't even action-heavy, but they've got to put in, like, some gameplay thing from the game itself into the movie where it doesn't match the movie, and that's just kind of a pain in the butt because you've got to give fan service. But this movie is an action movie, so the parkour stuff and all of that, it really works here, you know? And I think... The two best video game movies, I honestly think, you can include this one. Haven't seen Warcraft yet, but I'm hearing alright stuff. And this one is very good game movie. I haven't even played the game, but I enjoyed it as a singular film. I do as well, yeah. And the Lara Croft, the first Tomb Raider movie, is just 
mindless, stupid fun. But it's not a bad movie. It's just really fun. My buddy Jono and I think Sam Noonan in the uh, Zathura episode agreed with me that the Ace Attorney movie, which is a Japanese one, was also very good because they incorporated... Because that's a visual novel kind of game. You're in a courtroom, you present evidence. They incorporated a lot of that kind of stuff, like throwing evidence at each other, yelling, Take that! Mm. Yeah. Talking about take that, Ben Kingsley just slapped Alfred Molina and Alfred Molina's like... Typical Persian soft hands. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Such soft hands. I love, I love how Ben Kingsley says this. I don't have the dagger. <laughs> you can see his accent change from I'm a, a respectable English man to Oh, bugger. I don't have the dagger. You know, like it's so, I don't have the dagger. It's so funny. Oh no, Dick Coyle is in trouble. Oh, oh no. <laughs> what are we going to do about Dick Coyle? <laughs> we, we, Dick Coyle. You're my brother, Dick Coyle. This is another beautiful scene. Do you think... Also, Dick Coyle reminded me of Sean Bean, slightly. You know, Sean uh, Bean. Okay, now that you mention it. <laughs> and he dies, so just like Sean Bean. That's true, that's true. Have you seen this, this post online where it's like, wouldn't it be great if the, like... A 2012 thing happened where the world ended. Everybody dies. Everybody's dead. There's there's nothing left. Society, the buildings, everything's destroyed. And out of the rubble just crawls out Sean Bean. And he's like... And hey. Kenny from South Park. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Sean Bean crawls out. And he's like, finally. <laughs> he's by himself, but he's happy. He's like, he's the one who got to live. It's, it's funny, because like, if you've seen... Um, I don't know Bartek, you've seen have you seen both Silent Hill films? I know you've seen the I've first. I've seen one. the first one like at, at the end. Ago. Doesn't Sean Bean like he's stuck in limbo in like a different world? Oh my god, Sean Bean's oh, in shit, Silent Hill yeah. movies. Yeah, and then in the second Silent Hill movie, he basically disappears again. He's like, I'm going to find your spoiler alert. I'm going to find your mother who disappeared in the first one. Then he like walks into like nothingness. The and he's, he's disappeared and he's in limbo again. Yeah, there's so, a video game adaptation. So he might as well. Is that even like worse than death? Like he, he's he's been limbo. killed so many times. He's in limbo. It's like the purgatory is pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, Purgatory is pretty bad. You and I, we've only played the first Silent Hill, and we know that there are. Oh, like... I played the first three. Oh, yeah, that's right. You played the HD collection. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are, I've not played there... Silent Hill. Are there three different worlds in the games? There, I think all three take place in the same. Because um, there's the same Silent Hill. there's the normal Silent Hill, and then there's the other world. Oh, you mean oh the the like yeah yeah yeah. Did the movie have a third one, and that was the Limbo one? Yeah, it's it's kind of like up to, one of those up to your interpretation kind of things. It's yeah, it's a bit confusing. Like I, yeah. I I have never played a Silent Hill game, so all of this is beyond me. But mm. I had a demo Silent Hill game, mm. like disc for PS One or whatever, and I think it was the first one. It was you played and as the guy. Yeah, 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 probably, and there was dogs. And, oh yeah, those. And dogs. it scared me as a kid, so I was like, oh, I'm glad I don't have this to play it well, because, like, I, you know, for me, I can watch horror movies and blah blah blah. But, like, horror games, no, I, I can't handle the stress of those as much. Like, you know, I'm not much into those. I, I like those kind of ones where the horror is, like, is like off off screen. Not, like, I'm not about the gore, but it's like the... The atmospheric horror? Yeah, yeah the atmospheric How horror. How it feels tense. Japanese yeah. horror is a lot like yeah, that, yeah. I believe. But I like yeah. those kind of ones. But I can handle the kind of sillier ones where you get the same kind of feel, but it's a comedy. Like, say, Portal has that, the atmospheric mm. kind of horror, because you know other stuff has happened before, but it's silly. It's a fun game. So, a, a good thing about the first Silent Hill is it's about a father looking for his daughter. Yeah. He's like going through all this scary shit just to find her. Does he meet the Prince of Persia on his way? I wish. And the Prince of Poland? (laughs) Yes. In the movie adaptation, they changed him to a woman because a mother and daughter is more, you know, tender They thought that, um, that Harry from the first movie had 
women, womanly or female characteristics. I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, it doesn't really make a difference because he doesn't really have much of a personality in the first one besides, oh, that radio. What's going on with that radio? <laughs> oh, no. Dick Coyle got his Dick Coyle slashed. And Ben Kingsley slightly smiled. So we're coming up to the bit where she... I love how he does that little hand gesture where it's like he's playing like a game show host with him. Like, Come on down, <laughs> like you're dead. Whoop de doo! What a glorious mess! Like he's got a real kind of That's game show host thing. Where he's like goodbye. This thing just got two times funnier now. I'm just imagining he's <laughs> like that guy on um, what's that show on Channel Ten? Um, yeah, um, Family, Family Feud. Feud. Yeah, I was like thinking like guy. he's more like oh, the Larry. John Deal guy. Yeah, I thought. Uh, look, he steps this guy, drops him down. And she looks at his hand, and she's like, "Oh, it's the guy from the it's from the temple. It's corrupted." Blah. I don't know what the point of that is, because I thought like it already established they killed everyone from the temple, but it's like, how did they find the temple? He was one of us. One of us. One no, of us. it's like he was a priest of the temple. No, he's not going to be. Pumped. In what religion? The existence of the sand glass. They have corrupted the guardians, infected us. See, they're they're corrupted, infected, no longer pure. It's like they've turned. So it's like, I like. Why have they not called this Prince of Persia? The sands of fellows of guardians, you know, like Prince of Purge, <laughs> pr- Prince of the Purge, where <laughs> oh, when they're making a new Purge movie, right? Maybe a third one where it's called Election Day. Oh god, <laughs> where it's like Election Day. I hope Ben Kingsley's in it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, okay, here's the thing. I hope Alfred Molina's there so we can talk about taxes again. And he'll be like, oh, I'm against taxes, and then Ben Kingsley's like. Come on down! It'll be like Hunger Games, where he plays, like, Stanley Tucci's character, where he's, like, you know, with the hair and all. He's like, come on down! I love um, Ben Kingsley as an actor of a great volume and attitude. He's really great. The thing I hate about Ben Kingsley is he's an actor that you know is great, but he just chooses to do media... Like, you know, he's, he's... Like, he doesn't have a great filmography in my mind like he doesn't have a great body of work but he's still a great actor it just feels like a painter who paints mm. he, yeah, like he, not very good artworks but you know that he, he does good he's, art he's the type of uh artist that even with that bad stuff you cannot really disrespect him yeah because he's certain he's won an oscar and he's very very good he's got a great atmos but he's to be honest he's very pantomime like, I love him in this movie, but it includes in this where he plays the typical gentleman villain. Like, he's a Bond villain. Like, he wants to be a Bond villain. And yeah, it works. It works. But I really do wish that Ben Kingsley does more. Like, you know, I like the fact that he does stuff like The Dictator. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where, where he goes out of the box. But he's still the villain in that. Mm. And he's still basically the same character as he is here. You know, but in a different context. And I feel like Ben Kingsley one day will come back and surprise us again like he did in his earlier days where he played Gandhi and he did, like, more naturalistic work. Like, I say he's great in the Thunderpants... I mean, not Thunderpants, Thunderbirds movie as the villain because, you know, Thunderbirds, where it's based on the puppets and all that. Oh, I have a copy of it now, but I haven't seen it. Well, the Thunderbirds, you know... Yeah. The villain was a bold guy who had, like... I think he has, like, psychic powers. His eyes light up, right? You can cast a better person as that puppet than Ben Kingsley. Like, no one could do better than Ben Kingsley. But at the same time, it's like, come on, Ben. Do you think Ben Kingsley should have played the Prime Minister in year one? I think Ben Kingsley could play any any role, really. Like, could he have been Voldemort? 
Sure. Could, of course. He, could he have been the Prince of Persia? Sure. <laughs> I feel like this whole this whole scene that we're watching right now, like from the start, was kind of like uh, this is how he can make this a bit more like a video game at, yeah. at the start when he's like walking. On Certainly the, the setting, like, yeah. You got that kind of I haven't played it, but Tomb Raidery kind of. Vibe. Yeah, I was, I was thinking that as well. Uh, you, you have some places in Assassin's Creed and you know, no, this reminded me of a video game like this, this bit, bit where well. it's like he is what the overlay of this next level looks like. Here's you know, you gotta get yeah. you gotta and, get here, and that is Prince of Persia. It's just overlays. Oh, he's Snake Guy. And I love how... You know how... You remember how he dies, guys? Um... um come on. He gets slashed, right? No! She makes him get bitten by his own snake oh. in the face. And then they slash and push him. But technically, he got undone by his own snake. Oh, God. How funny, right? The snake that he can control with his mind. Apparently, he got done by his own dick. He who lives by the snake dies, dies by, by the, the snake. snake. <laughs> Don't tread on me. <laughs> so, we're near the great final climactic moments of the film. Is there anything, Bartek, that you want to mention before we get to the climactic ending? You know, like anything that we haven't talked about that's already gone that you think is, is poignant? To the story. Um, so much like the Prince of Persia games, this is one of the points of no Use return. your dagger. Points of no return. Yeah. He did just go sandboarding a moment ago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that from the game. Oh, the making love. Prince um, of Porno, it's on. Prince of... Prince of... Per, Prince of... Yeah, Prince of Porno. This <laughs> is <laughs> where it all begins. What's Prince, the tagline for that? The Prince of Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Prince of... Per, Prince of Porno. The Prince of Porno, pussy. the cream of pie. <laughs> that's good thank you I'll make a post of that one uh, so Bartek use your dagger what to start the episode again? no to, knowing to, what we're going to talk about? yeah no like, go back and talk about one I've moment. actually already done that oh no you know, I, I, I think this is uh, even though this is technically not the climax I mean it's it's climactic yeah it, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, it's the a ac- good it's the action climax yeah it's, it's a good it's a I think it, I think it works well. I he mean, really that, that, that shiny stuff behind him is pretty cool. He really plays a game show host now, doesn't he? Like he's like I've revealed myself. Since you've said that, I can't like. He's un-see. like he's like Tommy Lee Jones in Batman Forever as Two Face, where it's just like, come on down. <laughs> I'm like a le- evil Larry Emder. Come on down. <laughs> Look at him, he's like, God, you're out, hell itself, kick in the face. <laughs> I think the trivia mentioned something like, their religion doesn't have a concept of hell. Oh, Is that your final answer? That's what I'm saying, like, what religion are they? Like, he, they support, they worship just God. She worships gods. Yeah. They talk about heaven and hell, and they say, like, oh, Lord. So, where, 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 what is it? Dudes? Yeah, they still have priests, like, who's the religion? Yeah. Give well, me your religious her. advisor. That's her religion. Yeah, that's her gods. religion. And I love okay. he's just like, wouldn't it be great if in the outtakes, no, no, in an alternate scene, he's just like, while she's like, let me go, he just is looking at her boobs and this. <laughs> she's like, you like what you see there? And he's like, what? No! And he's like, she drops. And he's just still looking he at her boobs. Into while Ma- she- he turns into Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> what? No. He just keeps looking at her boobs while she's falling down going, oh! And he's just like, I never even got to see all of them. Mark Wahlberg can be the prince of porno. No, Mark Wahlberg can be the king. 
Oh, the king! <laughs> no, no, like he's in this movie as the king. Like you know when they rewind time, yeah. it's like they rewind it, but somehow it's alternate where it's like Mark Wahlberg's the dad, like he's the king, and he's like, "Oh, hey, son!" And like Jake Gyllenhaal was like, "Wait, no, he's his original dad, like he's street urchin dad." Oh, right, that he was orphaned from. Yeah. Okay. See, look, this is very confusing because technically, they both they both pushed the button together. Yeah, that's a great mystery, isn't it? Mm. Because they both slammed it together, so now I really like that transition. I thought that was really good. Uh, but now, um, you know, they're both holding on to it for dear life, and I like how the hourglass is becoming more and more like a dagger shape. You know, it's really great. Mm. But, like, does Ben Kingsley know? Does he know when he's revealed? Like, because he plays it. You know, it's very weird. Well, did he just let go? No, he's still holding on. Family. I think, look, they're still holding on, they're still holding on. Well, I guess we'll find out, but see, look, time's reversing now, and it's getting pulled out by both of them. Did he win, maybe? We'll see. And look, they're oh, both yes, holding they're on both. to it, and they're both still clinging together. Yeah, they should be equal. They should both be yeah. back in time. Now, this shot, that is such an awesome shot. Yeah, I thought cool. that yeah, is the yeah. best shot in the movie, like... It's very hard when you have CGI transitions. Like, you know, it can be very hokey, but perfect. I feel like, yeah, they didn't overuse the CGI. Even though sometimes the snakes could look a bit dodgy, but I don't think that they overuse the CGI like a lot of movies do. And why, Bartek, in case you were going, oh, if they travel back together, how come they both weren't holding the dagger? Yeah. Obviously, they're traveling back to... I'm not going to say that because he was holding it at this point. Yeah, he was holding it at this point. He never held... Like, Ben Kingsley never held it until... Even in the snake scene, like, um, uh, the... Sesso threw him the dagger, like, even when they went back in time. Yeah, exactly. So... Here's the thing, look, look, here's where, and look, Ben Kingsley's like, oh shit, he knows. Like, it's like, he's playing it, like, for me, Ben Kingsley's playing it like, this is our, we've already done this. You know? Either that, or he's like, really, really focused on his plan, he's like, wait, what's he doing? What's he doing? Is he That's doing? how I interpret yeah, it. Yeah, but see, yeah, I'm really both, not sure. <laughs> they're both holding the dagger, and they both pressed it, so, really, they should be, you know, both in this together. The but film did make a point that they held the dagger. Like, yeah, they, they didn't. They he they could have easily made him just slip. And off. Ben Kingsley's playing this like I have no idea what you're talking about. Because why would he not play it like that? Because he still wants the plan to go ahead, right? So you I know, guess if he walked away, then... I love how he plays it. He's like, yeah, he's he's been out in the sun too much. Got <laughs> his wits. It's like good one, Ben. I mean, if he walked away, then he would have been, you know, dobbed in. Yeah, he would have. So he needs to confront. And this, plus, I it's guess. so on the spot right now. You yeah. know, so he has to defend himself. But here's where the villain goes wrong. He tries to fight. <laughs> Why? Like he grabs his sword and tries to hit him. He's just giving away his innocence. Exactly. I was thinking that as well. Yeah. He'd be so smart. Idiot. <laughs> like and Again, Dick Coyle's his destiny to fail. Dick he, co- he definitely has a big brain. He's got a big bald head with a decent brain size. That he and a big nose. Better. Yeah, and a big and nose. big he ears. Should. And big ears. Yeah, he's got big everything. A big, yeah, a big Dick Coyle, I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it weed you out that Ben Kingsley look like looks like both a human penis and a human nipple? Uh, <laughs> his beard isn't too big though surprisingly it's a, yeah. it's a slim goatee why I think it matches his character that weaseliness don't you think Bartek like he has a very thin kind of well trained yeah, manicured yeah. he's very elegant it's that typical Disney thing yeah mm. you're talking about Jafar really he's Jafar he is Jafar this is Aladdin Dick Coyle is 
dick coil. Um, the princess is the princess, but there's no, you know what it's missing, the best part from Aladdin? Abu genie or carpet? Which one was the first one you said? The monkey? Abu, yeah. No, it's missing the king. The, the, the sultan. The sultan. Mm. Like, mm. Well, <laughs> my favourite part in Aladdin is just before the song, like just before the song where Aladdin's like pretending to be a prince. Oh, and the Prince Ali. Yeah, you. Prince Ali, where the where the sultan just come, goes and goes with his little hands. He's like, <laughs> oh, Jafar, come over here. <laughs> He's so wimpily cute. He's like... Who am I, Jafar? And Jafar just like slenderly walks over there, like, it's like, oh my. Well, I mean, you did say that one of your favorite characters in this movie is a fat ruler looking guy. The nutcracker guy is the Sultan. (laughs) Yeah, that's your Sultan. There you go. Wouldn't it be great if the Sultan, like, nutcracker guy came in right now and he was that legendary spy? And just like, (laughs) and just like smashed him. You know how they talk about like. I was the spy. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) crack, crack. It's like, who's the spy? And you just hear crack in the background. It's like, who is it? Crack. What a twist. (laughs) He was the spy. And look at this. He gives it away and Dick Coyle, Dick stabs him. And he's like, why? I was your uncle. And he's just like, I'm sorry. He really looks... Dick Coyle looks upset. And, and when he's last word to be dick move. Dick move, Dick Coyle. And then he starts crying out of his Dick Coyle eyes. I mean, yeah, he turns on him pretty quickly, which when is he, like, you know... Yeah. Your, whole, your whole life you know someone, then suddenly within those... He's your, he's, your, he's your uncle. Exactly. Literally his uncle. You don't have to stab someone. And he or she is... Again, looking mildly attractive. Here's something very funny. In the original timeline... He was going to marry her, right? Like, Dick Coyle wanted to marry her, mm-hmm. but with his father's permission. Yeah. But now in this timeline, he's like, oh, well, I'll give you to my bro. Do you remember the original timeline where he's like, and if father rejects it, you, brother, can kill her with your mm-hmm. own bare hands. Promise? And he's like, yeah, I'd do that. He's like, remember when our hero at the start of the movie was willing to choke a woman to death because father wouldn't approve of the marriage between them? Great. Yeah, and the rape, implied rape. And then the implied <laughs> yeah. rape. Well, uh, they... Be- so she, she's against... At this point, she's completely against it until um, he shows yeah, the dagger, this, I guess, when she realised what's, what's going point, on. At this point, it's like, you invaded me and now you're sorry? Here's the you thing. You guys are some weird fellas. Why didn't he just travel back in time before the invasion and just stop it? I guess he didn't have control over that. Can't he only travel back in time one minute unless he stabs an hourglass? <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Like, when he had the hourglass. I don't think he controlled yeah. it, did he? No, he couldn't, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, she's just like, she's got her, like, her resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> with her... With her Persian freckles. Yes, her Persian freckles going... (laughs) 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 Nearly freckles. Fucked over my kingdom. She has quite a lot of freckles. Dick Coyle is like, oh man, look at those freckles. They could have been mine. I like how the other brothers just like... The other one, the one that you were like, Stefan, you are like, he doesn't do much. Before Jake Gyllenhaal walked up there, he goes, go on, brother. Step up there. If you don't, I will. Like, (laughs) to accept her. So the other brother's like, you get up there, mate. Get some of that pussy, or I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I respect him, because there's always one relative in your life. At one point, he was like, if you don't, I'll get in there. See, and that, he was like, you respect that. You that's him trying to, that. He was trying to step up, you know? He's been do in the background re- for a lot of the movie. Do you reckon the equivalent of him from the wedding date would be the cousin? Yeah, obviously. <laughs> no, it would be the guy who learns nothing. <laughs> So everyone learns nothing in this either, other than Jake Gyllenhaal, because he's the only one who survived to learn any different. I, I guess she's true. learning that eh, maybe Persians are alright. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
Would you, if this was you, Stefan, if this was you, Bartek, and you went through this experience and you go back to her, would you at any point tell her what happened? Well, she knows of its yeah, powers, right? Yeah, that's what right? I'm thinking. Like, yeah, she yeah but be, exactly. So, so what she, happened? She would know, but like, still, would you tell her of this extraordinary thing? Because by the end of the movie, he doesn't. He chooses to just kindle it from, you know, nothing... If he were to choose to do it, he could. All, he always has the testimony of where the hourglass is. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's a destiny thing. Maybe like she doesn't even think that he went back in time. He, he, maybe she just thinks, oh, this is the man who has the dagger. He's a spiritual. Hand he's like he's he's a special guy. So he's I a, have. To, he's a cool fly. He yeah. killed the guy I gave the dagger to. Yeah. He he he's the guy in the legend. I gotta yeah. be with him. Yeah. Maybe she doesn't. Maybe she. Maybe she thinks that oh maybe he didn't go back in time but in the future he will so yeah. I've got to be I've got to be with him. Yeah, I, I think if it was me, I would tell her. I'd be like, hey, I know we're getting married, but I just went this whole entire lifetime experience. You got sold for an ostrich. I mean, how <laughs> so? By the end of this movie, Alfred Molina's got his ostrich thing back. He's happy, but they're no longer friends with him. Like they mm. forged a brilliant little friendship with him, and it's but just. But you know what? Some lives are just linked across time. Like taxes. Yes. <laughs> by the, yeah, taxes have been calling that been there echoes forever. through the ages. Taxes. <laughs> Did you guys ever watch the TV show Baba? The kids show With Baba. The elephants? Yeah, King of yes, the Elephants. Yes, I used to love that. Well, there was a rhinoceros, uh, king of the rhino kingdom called Rotaxis, and I loved him. I just thought when we were talking about taxes, and Alfred Molina, he could play Rotaxis in a, in a like, you know, how they do in the Jungle Book and all these ones. If they did a Baba one, they should have him as, him or John Goodman as Rotaxis. That would be the best. But now the movie is over, guys. We're at the credits. The credits take up a good... Thanks, John and Jordan. Uh, well over six minutes. Yeah, mm. so this movie is like, yeah. not quite two hours. Well, it's Disney, they can afford yeah. it. They can afford it. So... We're going to give our quick reviews and ratings out of out of whatever we feel. I'm going to go first, Bartek, if you don't mind. I think you should, yeah. I think I should too. So, <clears throat> yeah, I don't... If I inspire you guys too much with what I'm about to say. Prince of Persia, Sands, The Sands of Time. It was alright. Five out of five. <laughs> no, mm. no, The Prince of Persia... Not The Prince. Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. An amazing film. A Disney film with charismatic stars yes it does have some controversy of racial issues of whitewashing but that doesn't diminish the actual end product itself yes it would have been great to actually have some you know middle eastern actors and all that in it as well but you know the best we could do was ben kingsley and dick coyle so you know just appreciate that one. And Melina. And Melina. and, yeah, and well, i uh, wanted to know who the queen is but you know coyle. we'll live yeah <laughs> so what is the film. This film, a video game movie, and that's one of the hardest things to make. There's never been a great video game movie. I, I think we can all agree on that. There's never been that movie that has yet to bridge the barriers between in a successful manner. But this one, I'm not saying it's an exception, but it is awfully close. This one, I don't... The things that lack in this movie that make it from being, like, the great video game movie, I think is just from when it came out. 2010. 
You know, there was lots of things happening then, and I feel like Disney is a part of the blame. Although Disney is great, when it comes to their live-action stuff, they just pump out kind of mediocre to okay to, you know, good stuff. And I think it just got lost amongst the credibility of live-action uh, uh, Disney movies. And I think that is one of the reasons that stop it. And a few other things, but nothing that we've already talked about, but... This movie is a great movie. It is a lot of fun. That was the thing that I was genuinely surprised about because I thought the games weren't fun, like funny. Like I knew they were fun to play, but I didn't think they were a humorous game. But this movie kind of is kind of like taking the humorous styles of, you know, video games of different types, you know, that I didn't expect to be in there. I felt that this movie was an appropriate movie to do because Stefan, you know, he had to do a video game movie, but also, as we speak, video game movies are out right now. We've got Warcraft and Ratchet and & Clank, and one of them's very bad, and one of them is still yet to be determined as we speak at this time. But this is a video game movie at its heart. It's an unappreciated video game movie. And that is very rare to say because usually all of them are hated. There's never a video game movie that people really love and will defend. And I'm proud that The Prince of Persia can be one worth defending. If I had to give this a rating, if I just, if I had to... You do have to. I don't want to, because <laughs> this movie is so good that does it get a rating? Sure. What's the rating, though? What could I give it? I give it... I give it a dick out of coil. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a refreshing rating, because if it was stuck in a coil, I imagine that would have been very pleasant. Ouch. No, no, i got to give my blood to my boner. So you know, brain blood to your my boner. brain blood to my bone. With the assistance of a coil. Let's hear from, <laughs> let's hear from our guest Stefan. Give us a quick review and a rating out of your choice out of anything. Oh, okay. Well, uh, well, first of all, with regards to Warcraft, I've actually heard the early reviews of that has been terrible. But I think this, so I think that this will end up being a lot better than the Warcraft movie. Take that, Warcraft. Yeah. Um. The. Like I said at the start, the movie was taking itself a bit too seriously, and then when you when you saw that bit with the uh, shooting arrows into the building, and I was like, okay, finally, that's that's when I was like, when I woke up. Although to be fair, I literally woke up this morning and watched the movie. Yeah. yeah. So that, but you know, th- th- that was literally a scene that woke me up. Oh, anyway, so you this know, movie wakes you up. Yeah. So the cast, the, the cast, Wake I me thought, up inside. yeah, the cast was good. I thought the cast was good. I thought it looked great. I think you guys would agree it looked great. The special effects, like, I've, we've seen some terrible CGI yeah. in our times. I thought, like, especially the bits when they were, um, you know, going back in time, I thought that looked really cool. Mm. Now I haven't played the game. Um, I, I feel like, you know, they had the liberty to make these sorts of changes because, as Bartek said, there aren't that many characters and it's not too much of a story-based game. Um, yeah, I think, I, think it's, I think it's pretty good. I mean... Um, it, it could have been a lot worse. I feel like the director did what he set out to do, make a movie called Prince of Persia, set about the Persian Empire, mm. and he put some video game stuff from the game, like, you know, climbing parkour and some action sequences. Yeah. And, you know, you know, being a prince and a king. Yeah, I've, I feel like the, the, movie's, the movie's pretty good, and apparently I heard that sometime last year they were thinking about making a sequel, but it's been a very long time. <gasps> oh, it doesn't matter. They only, been... they made a sequel to My Big Fat Greek Wedding, like, way, uh, way late. That's true. So, well, it has been well over five years, so, yeah, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but... It's a Zoolander too. Yeah, that's true as well, but, um... Prince of Persia 2, Cream of Pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What, what's that rule? Rule 42? 
the, the one about there's, there's always no rule 34 the, where, where there's, there's all, always like oh if porno. you can think of it exists yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. of course of course there's a prince of persia with an actual um character called dick coil yep <laughs> and even before that there's probably fan art out there of the uh, prince fucking pharaoh or something yeah but in terms of rating i'll give this um maybe like a 6.3 million sand um Sand, uh, what were they called? Like the little sand grains, yes, yeah, 6.3 million sand grains out of 2.5 billion sand grains. Well, that's a lot of sand grains. Someone out there find the lowest common denominator so we can go down. What about you, Bartek? Let's hear from the amazing, the wonderful, the wonderful fellow, Prince of Poland, Bartek. Bartek. I don't Uh, know what he said, I don't speak Polish. That's a bit awkward. So Look, fellows, I am the one who... Fellas or fellows? Fellows. Road trip movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry Brockover, go on. I always like that logo. I am the one who has played the Prince of Persia... Not Prince the of... Prince! Damn it, Bartek, there's more than one, there was yes. three! That's our castle I... today. <laughs> I have... Well, in the game... Look, I have played the game that one of the three Princes of Persia, The Sands of Time, is based on. That is Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time for the PS2, which came out in like 2001, 2003, somewhere, somewhere thereabouts. Um, and watching this movie... Okay, hold on. I saw it the first time in the cinema, and really I didn't catch too many references. And thinking back on my experience, I remembered little bits like Alfred Molina. I remembered the climax with the uh, hourglass. And I remembered the fact that it all reverts back to a certain point earlier in the movie. Those were all elements in the game The Sands of Time. But when I rewatched it this time, I saw, wow, there are so many of those subtle things there, like the camera shifting in that one scene. Um, they did some Assassin's Creed things there. They had uh, the assassins that... Really interesting characters. Mm. Way more interesting than I remembered than simply, oh yeah, Prince goes out, does stuff with a princess. It did something that I think video game movies should do. You know, you, you mentioned the whole thing of like incorporating fan service to get people to watch it. This one took elements from the game. It said, okay, let's take the dagger of time and the sands of time that it takes. That's an important element. You can't have it without that, and it's interesting. Let's take a prince. Let's take a sassy princess that he can be with and a villain. And, of course, the setting of Persia or that region of the world. They said, let's take that. Now let's make something different. Mm. We'll incorporate, you know, little bits of elements. And, you know, they only did the camera zooming thing once. They did the Assassin's Creed uh, viewpoint thing once. They, uh, They had one final action climax, I guess. Although they did They had of... many action piece sets. Yeah. yeah. Although I guess in that one scene, so they also did finish off Snake Man, and he was pretty cool. Um, Not Snake Man! Not Snake Man! Snake Man! And obviously... Snake Man! Snake Man! man. <laughs> <laughs> I like how your snake sounded like you were yodeling a bit. <laughs> snake! <laughs> so, look. Some video game movies, they make a character the opposite gender, they take a character who was the main villain and make her a sympathetic character, they take a character who was really flamboyant and turn him into Ozzy Osbourne. What? This, 
Ace Attorney movie. There was oh, a... oh, right. right. I, thought, I thought you were like, joking about this movie. No, the I fir- kind of got lost. The I first like, two I mentioned... Who is Ozzy Osbourne? Tony Campbell? Tony Campbell? No, 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 no. The first two that I mentioned were Silent Hill. That last one was Ace Attorney movie. This one, again, it took elements and worked off of there. It didn't need to be an, a straight adaptation. It was more like a reimagining. Yes. It said video game movies have done this before. They've taken the main characters who are two plumbers who fight a guy called King Cooper who's got Goombas, and then, you know, they kind of just said they're the same thing in a different environment. Yeah. This one was taking same elements in a completely different environment. Good stuff. So if I had to give this rating a movie, or <laughs> dare I say this movie a rating, I would have to give it a, all you fellows, go see this movie. Out of fellows. <laughs> Out of all the video game movies. Hey, just before, I, um, we're going to get to the reviews from IMDb. These reviews, they're like from a different dimension, but just, you Ooh, mentioned King... The best. Well... All of the reviews ever read are from a different dimension, really. Some of them are from our own. Uh, but Bart's like, you mentioned King Cooper from, from Super Mario Brothers. I don't know you guys, your, your opinion, guys. Is it Bowser or King Cooper? Which one is it to you? Isn't it like King Bowser Cooper would be his full name? In Japan, they originally called him King Cooper, but then some games, they gave him the name Bowser. Isn't that just like Princess Peach Total? So it's Princess yeah. Total, Princess Peach Total. True, but some games, they focus on it more than others. Like in Super Mario RPG, they don't use the well, Peach My question all. was, which one do you prefer? Like, which one is it uh, to Bowser. you? Yeah, Bowser. Yeah, Bowser. Bowser. Just like in Smash In the modern I day, like it's mostly Bowser. I like to do King Cooper because I think of Dennis Hopper. <laughs> well, Ryan, do you know what the Polish word for poo is? No. Koopa? Koopa. <gasps> K-U-P-A. Good stuff. But King here Koo. we go, guys. These are re- reviews from IMDb. Do you know what the Polish word for ass is? No. Dupa. Dupa, Koopa. Koopa, Dupa. And so, you know what the Polish word for bum is? What? Poopa. Good, good. <laughs> That's all true. Okay, so these reviews are very special. Now, this first review, I, I would say, is not from another dimension as much, but it's very sensible. It's a very good take. It's very similar kind of... Uh, things to report on like we had to report on so this is a nine star review it's called not your average video game flick and this was written in 2010 i think most of them if or not all of them are from 2010 when the movie came out because that's very important you gotta think the perspective would be different because it's fresh so this is what they had to say tonight i was fortunate enough to see an advanced screening of this film Like many, I became a fan of this franchise with the Sands of Time trilogy, and was and I was very excited when I learned that there was plan there were plans to make a feature film based on it. The storyline of the game is very cinematic, at least in the aforementioned trilogy, not necessarily in the previous games in the series. So I felt that at uh, that, so I felt that at film adaptation would be an impressive epic. Having finally seen this movie, I can say that I was not at all disappointed. One of the main strengths going into this movie was its involvement of the series creator um, John John um, Mechana. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. Mechana, Mechana. Let's go with that. Yeah, Mechna. Mechna. John. Let's go with John 
Jordan. I didn't even say. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Mechner. He crafted a very engaging screen story that pushed beyond the controller, creating an entirely new addition to the mythos. I know that at times, including the creator, can sometimes stifle the process, as many will fight changes to the source material that need to be altered to work better with the director's vision, but I feel that Mechner's involvement showed his desire to see his brainchild develop into a success on the big screen. In addition to involving Mechner, the other big strength was the way that the filmmakers chose to handle the story. Let's face it, movies based on video games have a very poor track record. Super Mario Bros., Street Fighter, Tomb Raider, all of them made for films that were mediocre at best, and downright abysmal at worst. Pretty tough, pretty tough. Prince of Persia had a mighty big hurdle to clear with this, and they found the perfect team to tackle it. Jerry Bruckheimer and Disney already accomplished a similar feat when they brought Pirates of the Caribbean to the big screen, a movie based on a theme park ride in a genre that had not been success had been seen as a success in 50 years. That is true. Don't even we don't think about that. Mm. Their strategy was the same. They wrote their story, their own story that borrowed elements from the game but did not strictly follow it. The film stands alone and does not require its audience to be uh, to be familiar with the source material. The nods to the game throughout were great, but I was relieved that I was able to enjoy this film for what it was rather than constantly looking for where it deviated from the games. This movie, this movie clearly was made for someone like me, and in my party of four, three of us who were all guys loved it. The fourth, who was the only woman in the group, was less than impressed and complained that it was too much action. If you're expecting Citizen Kane, you stand to be <laughs> you stand to be disappointed. But if you expect this to be another video game adaptation. You are in for a real treat. I love it is a video game adaptation. Like, what are you expecting? But it's like, it's not Citizen Kane, is it, Bartek? Like, uh, Orson Welles, he really wished he would have made this movie, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So the next one is, again, a nine-star review. Very, very, very good. Again, 2010. It is, this is, it is refreshing. Like, mm, Prince of Persia. <sighs> it is refreshing. Did you see Iron Man and Robin Hood? Yes. Well, this film is better simply because <laughs> simply because the story is original. I know, I know it is based on the computer game which I used to play ages ago, but the story portrayed in the script is classic and refreshing at the same time. The performances are natural and the stunt scenes are unbelievable. Now, what did Iron Man 2 miss and this movie excels at? plot, and a fast action paced without being over-caffeinated Big Bang explosions, <laughs> and then in brackets, ever saw G.I. Joe? <laughs> in brackets. Having said that, you must be warned, the dialogues are simple, but not stupid. They're not stupid, and does contain a fair amount of moral references. Sure, everyone is crying out loud about the British accents, and then they put this in quotation marks, like this is this is them talking. Oh, but Persians don't speak English. 
Yeah, but this isn't the passion of the Christ or, <laughs> or, or, apocalyp- or Apocalypto, and Mel Gibson was nowhere near the production. Jake Gyllenhaal, I like how I had to clarify that. Jake Gyllenhaal is an American, but the rest of the cast is British. Makes sense, they should all have a similar accent, doesn't it? So quit, and this is the exact quote, Quit ye whining. <laughs> Y-E-R. Ye whining. Overall, a good, wholesome, fun summer movie. Worth repeating. How did Worth you feel? Worth repeating? Yeah. Now, Bartek, this next one I specifically chose for you in mind. I think it's this next one, yeah. Okay. It just has some phrases I really think... Bartek would say in a review. In fact, I question if he did not write this in 2010. <laughs> oh it is an eight-star review. It was entertaining and fun. First of all, when I read some of the reviews about this movie, all my excitement was drained. But when I went to see it anyway, but I went to see it anyway. What do you know? The movie was great. It was fun and had a lot of action in it. The CGI was nice. <laughs> That's the end of the sentence. Like, it was nice. Except for a few scenes in the beginning. I thought the acting was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, end sentence. John Hall, Prince, and, and Arterton, Princess, did a good job, in my opinion. As... As a fun of the game, <laughs> as a fun of the game, the script wasn't entirely accurate, just like most of the movies based on the games, but it didn't stray too far either. Okay, it was not the perfect movie, but it was something that I would go and watch its sequel of. Overall, I enjoyed myself, and I believe if you go open minded, you will enjoy yourself too. <laughs> It was nice. Yeah. <laughs> you used fellows once. Uh, you feel? I feel like you would say that. Like it was nice. <laughs> like I love the the the, 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 the acting. It was nice. <laughs> like, yeah, thanks. It was nice. Right. So this is a really creative review. Bartek, we've had one similar review on Flipper. This is storybook review. <laughs> That's the name of the title. There's no rating. May contain spoilers though. It does. May a review may contain spoilers. So, once upon a time there lived a young prince named Dastan. Even though the prince was Persian, he spoke like a cockney chimney sweep with a sporadic <laughs> with sporadic touches of Australian. The prince was an athletic young fellow. <laughs> the prince was an athletic young fellow, climbing walls and jumping between buildings in a manner. Reminiscent not of the Prince of Persia game franchise, but of the hero of the hero, uh, uh, Alta? Alta? What? Of Assassin's oh, Creed? Altair. Oh, Altair, yes. Altair of Assassin's Creed, with some shots being direct homages. And then, like, in brackets, read ripoffs. <laughs> like, that's what they say. The olden days of yore in Persia was a wondrous period filled with hammy acting, crappy CGI, and Persians who speak Arabic instead of Persian. Save for the main characters who speak Queen's English. <laughs> but it was also a great peril but it was also a time of great peril, with one of the greatest dangers being a clan of wizard ninjas called Assassins. In brackets, not a typo. Predating the existence of Hashashans by roughly 1,500 years. One day, for reasons which are not entirely clear, 
the prince and his royal family invade a sacred city. There he comes across a young princess with full luscious lips and an annoying voice and the two <laughs> embark on an adventure together sparks fly between the young couple well not the young well not the young couple of this film but the one from the pirates of the caribbean franchise something which this movie desperately aspires to be the couple in this movie has the chemistry of a vacuum, and the screen fizzles as they deliver their supposedly witty banter. They charge to and fro in the Persian countryside, bumping into comedy sidekicks and gallant black men who, of course, die first. The couple is trying to stop something which isn't entirely clear from happening, or are they trying to make something happen? The viewer can barely remember as he couldn't care less by this point. And that was the review. <laughs> and then we've got one, one last review. It's very short, simple. Avoid. <laughs> no star rating. 2010. Oh, so it could be 10 stars. <laughs> Wait for yeah, take... yeah. This is good. Hold no, on. Let's not interrupt Ryan. Hollywood equals Chuck Norris. <laughs> Does that sum it up? Hollywood has descended into making nonsensical action movies with no content but things exploding and people dying in car crashes, etc, etc. It's like Michael Bay got promoted to king of all his... to king of all and he surveys over them. Romantic comedy? No, sir. Mess it up with action, baby. Yeah, yeah. Chick flick? No, sir. Throw in a little bomb here and there. Wham bam. <laughs> Wham bam slash duck jab wins, but uh, it never stops. <laughs> the storyline reminds me of the time. The storyline reminds me of the time before the Big Bang. There wasn't nothing there, and the women were then the and the women with her British accent and oh, Humpty Dumpty shat on the wall. <laughs> Humpty Dumpty had a great mmm. <laughs> they actually wrote that mmm. Humpty Dumpty had a great mmm. <laughs> the hero could do anything and everything and live through it to tell the tale. Nice. Should be renamed He-Man of Persia by the power of Skullcastle. BTW is not a documentary on Ahmadinejad's Armadi son. <laughs> that's the yeah. end of the review. I, you say these reviews <laughs> See, come from that's from another dimension. Yeah, they come from another dimension. I think perhaps this one is re so ingrained <laughs> in this dimension that we get lost. <laughs> also, that was the second review to mention the Big Bang. I love how <laughs> it was like Hollywood equals Chuck Norris. Need I say more? So that was The Prince of Persia, and those were the reviews for it. An emotional tale. We even got a storybook version of the plot. Of the we beginning. Yeah. Need we say more? Yeah. Need we say more? Nope, I think I'm good. You know what? That Those reviews summed up everything. You guys, this has been a fun time. I mean, look, this movie brought up all the questions. It brought up time travel questions. It brought up video game. It brought up racism. I mean, it brought out Alfred Molina. I mean, what else do we need? Well, the big question, video game movies. Yep. A quick question. It's all good questions. Bartik, is there anything you want to talk about before we finish? <coughs> <coughs> you didn't think I wouldn't do this impression, did you? 
Is that your Catherine Hepburn impression? I don't know what that was your Orson Welles. I wish you got it correct the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything you want to mention, Stefan, about this? Well, in terms of video game movies, this is unfortunately it's a good movie, but it's not the one to create the big hype. Just say when Deadpool came out, for example, there was massive hype. When Captain America: Civil War, there was big hype. Yeah. So Deadpool, I think I honestly expected Deadpool to not. To, to be so great I thought they wouldn't you know um, get his character right and they did mm. there needs to be you know they're making a Sonic movie a live a live action slash CGI uh, apparently and who's going to play Sonic Shia LaBeouf <laughs> Julia White <laughs> I'm not seeing if that's the case <gasps> is it Julia White I yeah. hope so but they need maybe okay it won't be the Sonic movie I can guarantee you that but there needs to be a video game movie that will come out Maybe it could be the sequel to Prince of Persia that everyone needs yeah. to see. Everyone needed to see Deadpool. Everyone needs to see Captain I know America the movie. Civil War. I know the movie. I know the one. Is it Assassin's Creed? No, 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 no. It's got to be Chris Tucker in Crazy Taxi. <laughs> 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 yes. uh, I don't know. That game bored me to tears, Yeah, to but honest, if you make a movie out of Chris it... Chris Tucker. Okay. Chris Tucker <laughs> in Crazy Taxi. You didn't expect that, did you, Martin? No. Well, that's great. Well, if we have nothing more, you guys have been fantastic, wonderful, amazing, great Prince of Persian fellows. Thank I you, fellows. I thought you were going to say listening fellows. <laughs> Thank no. you, fellows, and to all our fellows and As lady always, friends at home. Our fellows, you know, um, all of our fellow work is on the great fellowship that is iTunes, uh, Spit and Polish. And um, Bartek, you have been a great fellow, and Stefan, you have been a great fellow. Thank Stefan you. Stefan mentioned he has his pod, you know, his own podcasting stuff, and we'll watch it backstage on iTunes and Omni. Check it out. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll link it. We'll link it in with the stuff, you know, so people can uh, check that out. Thank you. Um, if you do want to uh, give us any feedback or any requests for unappreciated masterpieces, uh, we have our Facebook page, which is Spin Polish Presents. You can just uh, drop us anything there if you do feel the great need, my dear fellows. Until next time, remember to be fellows. Yes. There once were a bunch of fellows who went and played the bellows. They loved to play hip hip hooray and they also used the cellos. <laughs>